This is Judge Dredd. I am the law. Do you betray the law? Do you betray the law? Do you betray the law? You said so, Welcome back, everyone, to the dreadful cyberpunk cast. My name is Andy. And I'm PK. Wow, we are starting out. I, I did not, I mean, but we I'm were, ready. We, we are jumping into it. Yeah. I asked and we went. Um, we, we are here to read, react to, and review the original Judge Dredd Progs uh, case file compendiums. However, this is a special episode. It sure is. Because we are at the end of... We are at the end of the first case file book, the omnibus. The first collection. Yes. Yeah. Um, the complete case files, zero one, of which I found there are like 20 some. Holy shit. Yeah. I thought there were like 10 or something. There. There's like 20 to 30. Okay. And that's all, that's all just uh, two, uh, 2000 AD? Dread. Yep. Okay. Because I was reading like months ago now. Yeah. But I was reading like the issue list and where important issues that I know are going to happen when they happen. Mm-hmm. And it said like, oh, it said case file seven. And I was like, oh, wow, this goes up pretty high. I thought it went up to 10. <laughs> it goes quite far. Um, we have I know a... after the case files, there's still more Judge Dredd. Oh, there's DC there's... Judge Dredd. Yep. And there's IDW Judge Dredd. Yep. Which uh, is a roundabout way of bringing up something that you told me earlier so... about today's episode. So at the end of the Judge Dredd compendium are nine one-page Walter the Wobot stories that we're going to go through today, as well as the D- the uh, Judge Dredd Extended Universe, which we're referring to as the Megaverse. Patent pending. Patent, Patent pending. pending. If, you, if you steal a term Megaverse, you'll <laughs> be banned from the forums, banned from the channel, banned. <laughs> There's, we don't have a forum. And we have like 40 people in the channel. We will come to your house and cry. Um, it's also known as the Thargian universe because it's Tharg's future shocks. And he's the the fictional editor slash, I guess, editor of uh, 2000 AD. Okay, so, because they, they do that thing in 2000 AD all the time where it's like, next month might be, because there's a, a, a like a, a hot spot on Venus or something. Yeah. They do like, that weird fourth wall breaking stuff all the time. Um, also... Side note to our side note to our side note, I now have a puppy in the room, uh, little tiny Toby. He's a very good boy, but he may ne- you may hear him in the background occasionally, yeah. uh, like you usually hear my other my other son, our cat, who is coming out right now. So <laughs> you may hear either of these. I'll do my best to edit it out, but you might hear some puppy noises in the background. That being said, we have nine one-page issues to get through of Walter the Wobot. That's not so bad. I mean, we do, what, three issues a, a podcast? That's what, like, five, that's, 15 pages? It's it's not that many. It's, well, it's, I mean, it's nine pages. It's yeah. nine stories, so it's nine. Um, I, mean, wh- I mean, how much? How many pages are in an issue? Like One. No, I mean, of a usual issue. Oh, a usual issue between four to six, I would say. Okay, so um, yeah, we're used... Yeah. That's the reason I decided to add this extended universe discussion on the end. because to, to pad it out? Not just to pad it out, because I thought it was really interesting. And I didn't want to have like one really short episode, but this could turn into our longest episode because holy shit. I want to ask you something on camera, uh, you know, uh, camera or whatever, and I'll just put you on the spot. Uh, that movie you got over there, are we going to be talking about that in a special episode? Or I do you want to do a movie? Because <laughs> Andy found... The last copy ever made of <laughs> Judge Dredd on Blu-ray 
at a at a at a mire? Yeah, at a, I, that's gonna that's gonna give us a give us where we're at. But like, uh, <laughs> well, I was coming over the Midwest. I was yeah, we know Mid- Midwest, but we we uh, I was coming out of grocery shopping, like coming out of an aisle, and at the end of one of the discount racks was <laughs> Stallone, Judge Dredd, and it's the 1995 Judge Dredd movie, which I haven't seen since I was a child. Um, I bought it immediately, and it wasn't the last copy ever made, but they had no idea where I <laughs> found it. The people at the store yeah. scanned it, it came up blank. They had no clue the price was, where I found it, what kind of special, and they had to like manually enter a code in and a price for it. I don't know if I want to talk about it now, but I'll talk about it. I'm going to talk about it in the movie episode, but I'm going to say it right now. This is a terrible cover. I, it, this is it's the worst a, DVD cover I've ever seen. It's not good. It's not. It's nothing about what Judge Dredd... One, he has his, his helmet off. Yeah, you don't see his helmet. <laughs> it's awful. It's, it's awful. It's, I'm going to save it for the, the episode if the episode if it happens. We might do an episode of the podcast next week just based on the movie. I think we should do one on both movies. Well, one for each movie or... I think one for each movie would be nice. Yeah, yeah, we could... Yeah, we could... Yeah. Maybe... Because we're doing a Walter the Wobot at the end of this one, I think that'll be our celebration. I think that at the end of the second compendium, maybe we review Dude. the movie. Okay. And then the third compendium is the Dread movie. Yeah. So we got a lot to go through. Okay. That but sounds let's, great. Let's hop into Walter the Wobot... Uh, Dude, the end of the second compendium, that's going to be like a year from now. We're going to work on it. We're going to watch the movie again. Okay, good. Like that's a year saying, from now. Because we're planning to watch the movie tonight. <laughs> we're watching it. The first, like, we haven't, we haven't recorded the podcast in like a once or two, one or two weeks. We God. are watching it tonight. I haven't seen this movie in five, ten plus years. I remember so many weird little details about it. I remember the, the clones of Dread looking like weird little pasty... Oh, like remember Zordon from the Power Rangers movie? I remember Zordon. They from look the Power kind Rangers of movies. like that, if what I remember right. If you want to, you like when he was out of his tube and like all weak and old. You want to talk about weird stuff in that movie? Have you seen it already? No. Okay. I read something in the extended universe that I'm like, that's kind of strange and weird, and it shows up in that movie. Okay. We're gonna I, get to that because I know he goes. I know he's okay. I just remember some weird things movie. Like, there's a big plot outside of Mega City 1. Big part of it outside of Mega City 1. Yep, yep. Getting back into Mega City 1 with Rob Schneider. That's also a thing with Robert Schneider. Yeah, <laughs> with Funny Man Rob Schneider. Uh, you know, I, I gotta say these for the movie okay. episode. We'll, but we'll get to it. Just some things I remember about the movie I'd like to go over sometime. Okay. Before so, I watch the movie. We are jumping right to the end of this compendium. And we have, again, these are Walter the Wobot one-shot stories. Yeah. Um, And it is titled Walter the Wobot... Fwend of Dwed. Oh, God. Uh, it hurts. So, this is going to be a lot of you reading it, okay? Yeah, no, don't I... Don't skip ahead too much, because it's not gonna... one page the whole plot, all right? Okay. So, um, we have, <sighs> in our, in our uh, narration block, it says, Judge Dredd. Oh, the, oh, by the way, this is set during Judge Dredd's time on Luna 1. Oh, okay. So, so more Luna 1 stories. Uh Technically, we just got back to Mega City yes. One, and we're leaving. Oh my God! Why is he going to the pool? Duh, just uh, wait! Don't jump ahead! I said. Now I just it, I'm sorry. I gotta close this book. Okay, so what we're gonna have? Try and do like the hand covering if you yeah. can. Yeah, that'll help because again, it's like all plot. It's going. I mean, what plot there it, is? Because it's a one-page comic. They it's, have to, It's like one of those old fucking uh, little little Annie or yeah. whatever. It's like uh, Archie or whatever comics where. Yeah. It's like, this is the whole plot right here. It's like here. hey, we need to get your attention to something funny and end it in four panels. <sighs> yeah. So <laughs> about that, um, we have 
during this, so these these take place while Judge Dredd is still on Luna One. Of and course. Our narration says Judge Dredd, Marshal of Luna One Moon Colony, is out on patrol. His faithful servo robot Walter takes time for an oil bath. Now, we see Walter wearing some kind of terry cloth bathrobe, holding a rubber duck. Pouring, <laughs> he a little rubber duck. Pour, a little towel. Pouring. Yeah, he's holding a towel. He's turning on like an oil faucet. That's pouring black oil into like a ba- like a, a sunken bathtub in the floor. Do you think they get oil the same way to the moon? The way to get oxygen to the moon in big old crates? Empty, empty, giant starships. Yeah, possibly. Um, certainly, we know there's no dinosaurs there. So, uh, here's the thing. Yeah, there can be fossil fuels on the moon. <laughs> fossil fuels. Yeah. Fossil fuels. Fossil foils. foils. It's close. Um, but on the fossils. upper upper left hand corner, there is a little note card up here. If you want to read that for me, PK. Invitation number 293ZA-1 mm-hmm. to Lunar Robot. Fancy dress ball. Guest, Walter. So Walter has been enjo- invited. Walter has been invited to a Luna 1 fancy dress ball. Okay, wow. That is a w- that is a quick way to set the plot off. And we like, Because have... in one pop-out panel, we have the entire plot. Yep. Like, everything is set up for so us. So we know there's a fancy ball going on, and clearly Walter is getting ready for it. Yeah. Uh, I'll have you read for Walter. Again, this episode, I have a beer for you. I have multiple beers for you. Thank you, because I'm, gonna, I'm already... It's a lot already of Walter. Read the speech bubble, and I'm so already... You're gonna, it's mostly you're a thought you. thought bubble, It's actually. mostly you reading this, so go for it. Judge Dredd is nice to allow Walter to go to the fancy dress ball. Walter will have a... a lovely boil in oil. In preparation. Preparation. P W E P A W A T I O N. <laughs> preparation. So now we see in the next two little tiny panels, uh, Walter is scrubbing himself with a brush and yeah, a like little, a loofah. Not a loofah, but like a like a, a, yeah. a scrub brush. Scrub whatever. brush, and he's got the little duck, and he's saying out loud, <laughs> "What will I wear tonight? Something extravagant, perhaps." But then suddenly, like uh, like the little like shocking, huh? Like uh, something's happened. Yeah. Oh, quipes! What a thing to do! We don't really know what happened. Yeah, I don't know what happened. We can't really tell, but we're gonna find out. Did he shit the oil bath? I don't know if Walter shits. Um, but we're gonna see. We're gonna see. Uh, we see Walter is now calling someone on oh a video God. screen that is like by the bath. Yeah. And he's saying to this woman on the on the screen, Luna Wapuel. Whoopel, <laughs> sorry to trouble you, but I need a plumber. Your call is noted. And so we see, uh, I'm going to have you describe this next panel oh for us, PK. God. Go for it. This guy is just barging in the bathroom. Yep. Like a, like a tool, like not even a toolbox, like a little, little tool bag. He's got a tool bag. Overflowing with, with, yep. with like wrenches and shit. He's wearing overalls. It's like Acme plumbing on them. And he's just, the, the way he just like charges in the bathroom like he's the king. And he's wearing like the old... Like Mario like kind of hat. Mario with three stooges would wear in a skin. Yep. And so, we have this gentleman coming in. You did what, you lousy hunkin' tin? Wow. Well, number one, that's Judge. That's the only free robot. Yeah. You you put some respect on that. Well, yeah, he hadn't burned up his papers yet. You're so. right. This is before that. <laughs> yeah. And that's Judge. That's Marshall Dredd's free robot servant. You, you don't you don't get to say that, sir. Oh, uh, we'll see. Maybe. Uh-huh. You don't get mad at the guy yet. We'll uh-huh. see how mad we can be at Walter. You did what, you lousy hunk of tin? I uh, I got my toes stuck in the tap. And then he um, at the bottom <laughs> here he says he thinks to himself, what a wood plumber. And then the the plumber guy, we have like a little pop out of him, like he's got like a smirk on his face. 
well, there's only one way out of this. And then we have Walter is now out of the tub. Like behind one of those little partitions that you see in every cartoon. And he's like toweling himself off. And you hear Judge Dredd from off panel. Oh, we don't see him. We We don't see him. It's all Walter. You hear, drunk it, Walter. Have you decided what to wear tonight yet? Yes, Judge Dredd! And then I'll have you describe what we have going on. Oh, fucking lord. So, go for it. We see... I can't do. I can't. You want me to do it? No. Okay, come on. Judge Dredd is wearing a top hat. Walter is wearing a top hat. Oh, you're right, you're right. My bad. Walter is wearing a top hat, tailcoats, and a bow tie, and uh, what are those, those, one of those, uh, the things that you wear. Oh, God. Not an ascot, but like the white, the white lapel thing. Yeah, the white lapel thing. And And he's got a cane. And he's tipping his hat. I'm going as Fred Astaire. And it has a zoom in on his foot, which we can see his toe is still stuck in the tap. And he says, I, 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 I don't want, I power through. I went somewhere that he was a remarkable tap dancer. And that's the whole episode. Are they all going to be? <laughs> that's, I want to drink this beer all now. All of that was for a tap dancer joke. So. I didn't get. It. I was like, did Fred Astaire dress fancy a lot? Is he was he known for? No, nope. So like tailcoats and top hats. What we're gonna? But do, no. What we're gonna do real quick? Oh my god. There's not a lot of like reflection on this. Because no, it's, it's like a, it's a one punchline. Yeah, we're going through them really quick. I did forget to mention this aired February fourth of nineteen seventy eight. The script is by written by Joe Collins. The artist for this is Ian Gibson. <laughs> it and, looks really good. And the letters is by Tom Frame couple of things of worth noting. Uh, characters mentioned. Fred Astaire is mentioned. Yeah! Um, another, that's, okay, so we've had three people from the, well, no, not the robbers. We had Elvis. We had Elvis, Hitler, uh, the Marx Brothers. The Marx Brothers, and, uh, uh Laurel and Hardy, and, and, who was the, it was Charlie Laurel, Chaplin. Charlie Chaplin. And now this, this. And now Fred Astaire. And now Fred Astaire. And we've had some references, to, like, but they weren't directly mentioned, like that guy, the actor who was. The, the guy who, who was their lawyer. The, yes. Yeah. Um, clearly a reference, but they didn't ever mention him by name. Um, quick, quick note for those who do not know. Fred Astaire, uh, was an American dancer, singer, actor, and choreographer, and a television presenter. He is widely considered to be the most influential dancer in the history of film. I um, I knew, I knew him a lot from, like, the, the golden age of cinema and stuff like that, but I didn't... So I didn't know he was a dancer, so, so I guess I really didn't know that much about him. Something that I got... I was known for. Something I got down a wormhole on, though is the fact we see a plumber with Acme plumbing yeah. on his chest. Do you know where Acme comes from? Uh, the Looney Tunes? So did I. I did some Googling, and sure enough, there's actually a deeper rabbit hole there. Okay. So from the Wikipedia article, Acme is a like a Latin word meaning pinnacle, right? Okay. Uh, so the name was sometimes used to symbolize the best. An early global Acme brand name was the Acme City Whistle, made from the made from the mid 1870s onwards by the J Hudson and Corporation, followed by Ac- followed by the Acme Thunderer uh, and Acme Siren in 1895. The name Acme became particularly popular for businesses in the 1920s when alphabetized phone uh, business telephone directories such as the Yellow Pages began to be widespread because Acme. AC. It's, it's appearing so early in the book, right? Yeah. Uh, the, uh, a name at the beginning of the alphabet would be listed first, and a name implying the best 
was even better for brand image. Right. There was a flood of businesses named Acme. Wow. Uh, some survived to this day, including Acme Brick, Acme Markets, and Acme Boots. Uh, early Sears catalogs contained a number of products with the Acme trademark, including anvils, which were frequently used in Warner Brothers cartoons. Uh, the ubiquitousness of the name became something of a joke because every company, there's like a million Acme. There was like a million Acme. Like there's a and million. It's, and it's meant to mean a pinnacle, the best of. Yeah. And that's where it got its use in the Chuck Jones Acme Warner Brothers animation, basically. Wow. So that's where the history of Acme comes from. That's really cool. I, I did, did not, not know that. that. Yeah, I, I, Jinx. Uh, but yeah, that's why they, they made it a joke is the fact that it's the best, but like every time Coyote gets it, it's just a punk of Yeah, it, it falls, well, yeah, due to his own negligence to the, the product being bad, it falls apart. Yeah. So those are really the only world building slash character mentions we have. Okay. We are going on to the next one. Does this predate Looney Tunes? I don't think so. Chuck Jones, I'm oh, pretty no, sure. Oh, no, no, no. Chuck Jones and Tex Avery, God. I'm pretty sure, are older than Judge Dredd. God, uh, fucking... Bugs Bunny animated cartoons, Looney Tunes. Here we go, Looney Tunes, nineteen forty-eight. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah we're way twenty after. years later. Yeah, yeah, we're we're well past that. Um, so that is another thing to mention is this: our next, uh, our next Wall to the Wobot shoot pool, uh, is dated February fourth of nineteen seventy-eight. Okay, it's the same, the same day. It's not February fourth. I got the date on that wrong. It would be the next week. So, add seven days, 11th, February 11th, 11th 1978. 1978. Um, wow, 1978? I didn't know we were still in the 80s. We're, we were, s- we're still in the 70s. I thought we were in the 60s. No. Wow. It came out in 70, it started in 77. Okay. So, we're okay. still in the first year, roughly, or, or so. Wow. Second year, I guess. I didn't, know we were in the late, I didn't know we were in the late 70s. That's amazing to me. Um, script is by Joe Collins, artist Ian Gibson, letters by Tony Jacob. Let's go. We have... Narrative text, Walter had a great idea for killing time after a hard day's housework on Luna 1. And we see Walter we're, uh, carrying a, uh, a, a bag. Robo-sport. That says Robo-sport on the side. He's going towards a group of people inside of a building that says pool on the well, outside. This is a YMCA pool. Yeah, going to a pool. Local, or a, uh, uh, Local uh, swim, yeah, yeah like local indoor pool. pool. Yeah, and he's saying to himself... Nice Judge Dwed keeps telling Walter to go down to Dwap. It says Dweed. Uh. It says it's actually a misprint. It says Dweed. Judge nice Dweed. Judge Dweed keeps telling Walter to go drown himself. <laughs> <laughs> Walter is looking forward to a swim. So Judge Dredd has told Walter to, to drown himself. Well, I mean, Judge Dredd, he, with the threat, still just pops out like, I'm going to drown you, you maestroni. Which has yet to be topped, I think. That's his best <laughs> threat so far. So our next panel uh, shows Walter like pushing a guy's head into like a bowl of soup and like yeah. elbowing someone else, um, and he's trying to change into a sw- a full uh, a, swimsuit, an old timey bathing suit, yeah, like from bathing. the 1930s, yeah, a full body like the swimsuit, overalls with the shorts, yeah, like what Gomez Adams wears, yeah, and he's and he's as he's bumping into people and knocking people over, he's saying. Changing rooms are very crowded. There's no privacy for a respectable robot. And now we... Why is this a changing... Why is there a guy eating lunch in a changing room? Maybe we're going to find out. My God. Maybe we'll find out in this one-page comic. Don't look too far ahead. Okay. So we our next uh, little side panel shows uh, Walter with a inflatable uh, oh. ring around his neck, and he is racing in his swimsuit towards the pool room. Yeah. Door that says pool room. And he says... 
Walter will complain to the manager after a refreshing dip. And then I want to have you describe our next panel, PK. So, I looked ahead a second ago. Yep, yep, you can't do that, because it'll ruin it for you. Because it ruins the entire joke. He charges into the pool room. Well, I, I'm assuming it's a pool room. Yep. And there's a group of men playing billiards. Yep. Uh, a crowd of men surrounding a billiard table with pool cues and pool balls. And Walter is doing a swan dive, dive right into the pool table. Right into the... And he's saying, You want a ball! Ellipses. Quakey! And some guy, Quakey! What's the game, bud? What's the game, buddy? And then we see him just cracking into the middle of the table and billiard balls, balls go flying every direction. And Walter says, Oh, Walter made a swimming pool. Not Walter. You got it. You got it. It's okay. You can do it. We got nine of these to get through. Oh, Walter not in a swimming pool. Walter made a boo-boo. So he confused a pool table, a pool he's, room. He's got a little inflatable thing around his yeah, neck. Yeah, he's got an inflatable he tube around his neck. dives the swimming pool. And now we see uh, he's lay, he's sitting in the middle of a cracked pool table. <laughs> it's broken right in half. Right in half. And there's a crowd of angry men closing in on him with <laughs> dust and like pool cues. And they're like their hands open like they're going to grab him. And he says... <laughs> uh... Uh, hi guys, Ministry of Sports Twist Survey Test. Afraid this table has failed. So he's claiming to be from the Ministry of Sports, con conducting a stress test on the table, which has failed. This is why I got you a beer. Um, yeah, this is. We got nine of these to get through, okay. guys. It's gonna get worse. Okay. Um. The, we see the crowd is lifting Walter up above their heads, carrying him to the door, and he is saying, However, it will be replaced following a written report. Last. As they shove him towards the door. Yep. They crowd surf him out of the, ball, the, the pool hall. And our last uh, image is of Walter walking away, still in his swimsuit, still with the inflatable around his neck. <laughs> away from the pool room, and the, the crowd in the back are all jeering with their fists in the air, and he's holding a bill for damages in yeah. his hand. <laughs> the guys in the background shake their hands. Oh, you so robot! And he's saying out loud, When Judge Dwed sees this, Walter had better find a proper pool and stay in it until he wusts. Next prog, Walter's brother. Walt's brother? Walt's brother. So, I love this the is... first panel and the last panel are like reflections on one, on one another. Yep. He's going in. Those are really, because like the first one, like the people are all just kind of gathered around the, the entrance. And the last one, they're all shaking their fists as he walks out. So, it's clearly he's <laughs> referencing the bill of damages. Holy crap. Toffee is in Toby's kitchen. kitchen. I have not seen this before. Oh my goodness. Don't you eat his food, mister. You're fat enough. You're on a diet. Oh my god. So yeah, this... When he's in the eating area, shoving the guy's head into the food, and like hitting the other guy who's got a drink, I get it now. Yeah, it's so bad. Um, so, <laughs> so this is Shoot Pool, Walter the Wobot, issue two. Um, <laughs> he tries to cover it up so good. It's a terrible lie. So, oh, no. in this, uh, not much world building. But we know that Judge Red still threatens Walter with death on a probably regular basis. Yeah, on the and daily. That, and that pool is still played on Luna 1 in the Wild West. Uh, that's literally it. So, 
We're moving oh, along. Oh my god, yeah. that was my favorite one so far. Dude, we've That's got my issue of anything I've yeah. ever read. Are you ready to begin the five-part saga of Walter the Wobots Brother? Ah, uh, yep. It ha Rico this got is one more. Part. This is more. Okay, how? Okay, so Rico got one issue. Then. Yes. This is still more pages than Rico. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is still still more pages than Rico. So. Next panel, next page, one we have. Let me pull up this real quick. Walter's brother, part one. Friend of Duet. Uh, one evening, while Walter was feeling really tired, too tired to watch his own screen, what? we see Walter is sitting in a recliner. His, his, le his feet slippered in yeah. like checkered slippers. With little poof balls on, on. A, on an ottoman, you know. And he's drinking a bottle of oil, oil aid. aid. Uh, and... It says from a television screen, uh, Welcome to Interplanetary News, a startling robbery at Luna Bank 6 this afternoon. And we see the television screen, this giant screen, which shows it's backlit from behind Walter, the Wobot. Yeah. And he's like freaking out because on the screen is clearly Walter. Walter the you Wobot. You can even see I'm Walter trying right down his y stomach. Yep, and he's holding like a, a six-shot pistol in his hand. He's got a bandana around his mat, around his uh, screen. Why he's does, if he's wearing, why would he? Yeah, why would he wear a bandana on his, his screen name? and show his actual, well, I guess there are, maybe there are a lot of Walters that come up, probably come off a sim assembly line. What, we're, maybe we're going to find out. But we see the, the, the robot who's, it looks like Walter, is wearing like a pinstripe suit Holding a gun, it's got like a the bowler hat. That's like it's like an old private eye kind of hat. He looks he looks like like Dutch Vanderland robbing a bank. It does very much like, like an, that. Like an upscale Western robber. Yes, I totally see that. And uh, the the I'll read for this character because you're gonna read a lot for Walter. This yeah, whole thing. Thank uh, you. And it's and this notice this wall this this Walter on the the television screen has no lisp. Um, yes. A bank security film show... Oh, sorry, this is not Walter. Yeah, this, this is not is the, the fake Walter. This is the, the news announcer. This is the news announcer still. A bank security film showed the rober... Robber... Rober... Robber to be a robot. The daredevil first tied up the manager, then proceeded to call him rude names. And he later made off with three million groats. What's a groat? We've heard uh, of credits. <laughs> you ready for this shit? Yep. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna skip ahead because there's not that much world building. Okay. A groat. Any various medieval European coin, in particular an English silver coin worth four old pence, issued between 1351 and 1662. Value today is six dollars and sixty six dollars and sixty cents per groat in US okay. dollars. Which brings the three million groats total up to nineteen million eight hundred thousand dollars. Holy shit! But why the fuck would they refer to him as a groat? Why are groats being that's stolen a very, that's a on the moon? <laughs> <laughs> why would groats be on the moon, PK? I don't know. Dude. There's no reason for this shit. But anyways, this robot made off with three million groats. The metal maniac, apparently called Walter, squirted pursuing judges with oil. He gave us the slip, said one. Oh, God. <laughs> and Walter is now looking I mean, in... That, that, was, that was Judge Shea who said that he gave us the slip. <laughs> <laughs> He's a wascally devil, he is. Um, we see Walter looking in a mirror at himself, saying... Good grief! And now he's running to Walter's room, yeah. saying, as like oil is leaking from his head... Right. 
Walter's been at home all day ironing Judge Dredd's underwear. <laughs> Walter's innocent! And now we have a big, kind of wide uh, pancake, like uh, horizontal panel that spans the whole page, showing the dome and the, the big city of Luna City 1. Yeah. And a little word bubble coming out from a big domed building, which we assume is... Is the, the Judge Dredd's... Judge Dredd's apartment somewhere. Yeah. And uh, Walter is saying from that little bubble... Some wascal robot impersonating me. Judges will search. Find I... <laughs> Judges will search. Find I belong to nice Judge Dredd. So now we see Walter has packed a bag, is opening the door to leave his, the apartment, and has left a note on Judge Dredd, on like the table for Judge Dredd. The note says... Go for it. Because it's written in Walter's speech. <laughs> Dear Judge Dredd. It's a flame up. <laughs> Walter... P.S. Dinner's in the fridge. <laughs> and as he's leaving, he says, Walter better, Walter in trouble and had better squam. So that's his whole, his whole thing is, it's a frame up. That's, it's a frame up. That's this whole explanation. Yeah. It's a frame up. Someone's framing him. Which so he doesn't want to get dread in trouble by like, like them mistaking him for the robber. Yeah. And so it would look bad on dread. Yeah. He doesn't want to make dread look bad. So he, okay. So doesn't now, hurt him. so now he's like scratching his screen, his head. And he's thinking to himself, or saying out loud, Wait, though, I need a disguise, or I will be recognized. So our last panel shows Walter working his way through the crowded streets of Luna City 1. Not inconspicuous. Everyone's looking right at him. He's wearing, like, uh, a big overcoat, like a, like a, like a, a cabbie hat or like whatever. Like a derby hat kind of thing. Yeah, a derby hat. And a, 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 a scarf. scarf. And he's... At least his "I'm Walter, try me" button is or sign is covered up. That's true, and we see on the on the sides of the buildings, "Wanted, Walter, this machine is dangerous." Zock on sight. Zock on sight. Is that kill? We've never heard the word Zock before. Okay. I can only imagine it means kill. So Zock on sight. But Walter is thinking to himself as he uh, works his way through the crowded street. Where will I find refuge so I can prove my innocence? Will dear Judge Dredd ever repair my rusty joints again? Find out next prog in Night of the Mugger. And that is part one of Walter's Brother. Okay. Which I forgot to mention was issued February 18th, 1978. Script by Joe Collins. Artist is Brian Bolland. And letters by Tony Jacob. So, Walter has been framed. That is that is where we're at. It's a flame up! It's a flame up. Um, so, Night of the Mugger. If you remember, we already had a Mugger's Moon. We that did was, have a Mugger's Moon. That, that was, was on Earth. That was already a thing. That was uh, that was one of our last, not last. I, I want to say it one of our. It was near the later. end of our Mega City One issues. I would want to say it was near near the um, end of Mega, Mega City One. I can find out where it is. Uh, Mugger's Moon is. I have them listed. Oh, it's, it's a issue eighteen. So issue eighteen at the uh, pretty okay. pretty middle of the road. For us. Yeah. Um, if you want. You want me to get you a fresh drink? I need another beer. Yeah, because you've got a lot of Walter to read, and I, we have a lot to go through. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pause our recording good real idea. quick because holy crap! Three million groats. Three million? Why? Why groats? Is there, is there a reason? Is I don't it, does know. Anyone I read Pillars of the Earth, and like, uh, which is, it's a medieval, it's a book about medieval times about this guy who builds a bridge. Pretty boring. But they mention, <laughs> they mention groats and pennies all the time. Okay. Groats and pennies. Yeah, they talk about old medieval silver pennies. Holy cow. Okay, uh... Oh, dude. It's so bad. Okay, so, Walter the Wobot. 
Friend of Dread in Night of the Mugger. Um, this is issued February 25th, 1978. Script by Joe Collins. Artist is Brian Bolland. And our letters are done by John Aldrich. Oh, not Tony J. Yeah. Uh, or Tom oh, Frame. It says Tony J here. It does. But it's... I, okay. I'm guessing it's. I'm guessing that they... Am it, I looking at the wrong one? I am. John Aldrich was the last, the oh, previous okay. one. So my apologies. This one is Tony Jacob. Um, so we have... Uh, Walter is <laughs> working his way down a dark alley. The dark alleyways of Luna One. The haunt of hardened criminals. The den of despicable dropouts. The refuge of run-down rejects and... Dot, dot, dot. Walter! <laughs> oh, God, that alliteration. Yep. <laughs> and we uh, see Walter is working. He's still like, got his, like, his uh, derby cap on. He's yeah. got the blowing... Uh, scarf in the wind. There's yeah, a cat in the he's, alley. Yeah, he pulls his coat around him tight. He's there's a crowd b- back behind him out in the street, and yeah, he, there's, he's in stepping the main on, street. And he's down in an alley, stepping on his own wanted poster, and he's saying out loud, "Walter does not like being under one." Wishes he could tell Judge Dredd what wanton scoundrel pretend. Wishes he could tell Judge Dredd what wanton scoundrel pretending to be Walter. And so does that we, sound weird to you? Or yeah. Just me? What is there's missing it is what Watton what Watton scoundrel is pretending to be Walter? Okay, so he knows. He doesn't know. Oh, he doesn't know. But he oh, wishes he, wishes he, wishes he could. could tell. He okay. wished he could tell him. But we see coming out of the fucking shadows. The oh my the god, the most muggery looking mugger who ever mugged. This guy is a cartoon. Yeah, he's got like a long hook nose, pointed chin, and he goes, Psst, "Hey, pal." Seen any cups? <laughs> he looks like such a creep. And he really does. And Walter, Walter responds, Uh, no. Good. Stick him up where I'll deactivate you. And he is, uh, <laughs> I'll have you describe this, what his panel looks like, okay? <laughs> Walter immediately drops his bag uh-huh. and sticks his little, little robo arms up in the air as the guy grabs, <laughs> as the caricature of a man, yep. grabs Walter's, like, from by the scruff of his neck, it looks like, mm-hmm. and he's wielding a Phillips head screwdriver, a flathead screwdriver, a flathead screwdriver, not and, a Phillips head. Uh, and <laughs> Walter responds as oil drips down his screen. Yeah, yeah, the, the sweat, the sweat oils, yep. the flop sweats. Yep. Um, oh, quipes a mugger with a screwdriver. <laughs> yep. And we see the the mugger is now like holding up Walter, basically. And uh, he's taking his bag. He's, he's demanding his bag from him. Uh, and Walter is saying, Please don't take Walter's precious bag. Anything but that. Precious, huh? And now we see the guy opens up the bag. Go ahead. Oh, my God. <laughs> Go ahead. It's hundreds and hundreds of, of articles and photographs of Judge Dredd. <laughs> It's yep. just pictures <laughs> and little articles what? from the newspaper. Thousands of press cuttings all about that crumb dread. <laughs> this this is what this is what angers Walter, who like grabs at the grabs for this bag. Yeah, he's, he's like reaching with his hands. He's like, Judge Dredd is no crumb. He is great and brave. Don't take away Walter's memories of him. Um, and the guy responds like sweating and like offering the, the you know threatening him with the screwdriver. Listen, Fink, I oughta... Hey, you! You're that robot the fuzz are after! As uh, his his coat comes unbuttoned, you yep. see the yeah. I'm Walter, try me. Yeah, you can see Walter's name, so he recognizes Walter from the television of, of him robbing a, a bank, and then he says, There's a tidy pile of credits in reward for your tin carcass, alive or deactivated. 
But then we have a voice coming in from off panel that says, Hands off, creep! And now we have a long shadow, shadow. Being, a long silhouette, a yeah. long silhouette being cast over the two of them as someone is standing at the end of the uh, aisle. I'm uh, holding a pistol. Holding a pistol, we can tell. He's mine, you old buzzard. Walt and me got a score to settle. Next prog, the bubbly death. Are you fucking me? The bubbly death. The so bubbly death. Walter is getting rescued by someone from I'm assuming it's the other Walter. Possibly. I, it's the only thing I can think of. It's um, not Dread. Yeah, he would have let him true. die. <laughs> Kill them. Do it. Do, do it, it slow. Oh my god, please do it. <laughs> please do it. <laughs> I got here too late. Oh no! Carrie like, walks away out of that way. <laughs> moon walks his way. Moon walks his way. Walks his way. <laughs> Technically, any walk is yeah, a that's moon the moon. Walk. Yeah, they're on the moon. Um, good point. That's a good joke. joke. I explained joke. it. It's best when you explain them. That's um, the joke. For Walter's brother, Knight of the Mugger, uh, we have a mugger introduced. Never given a name. We have the word fink, which is to mean a unpleasant or contemptible person. So I Real watched, word. Yes. I knew I knew the word fink because years ago I had watched this movie called The Great Race starring Tony Curtis and Jack Lemmon. Okay. This uh, is the one where they're all trying to go from like Hollywood to get a suitcase full of money and like Mr. Bean has narcolepsy. <laughs> No, no, no. That's one of like Vin Diesel, and they're all in prison. They all have to wear the bombs. Oh, that if they don't come in the first place, they that's explode. Super Nanny? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. The one where they're on the planet, and uh, everything's really dark. Only Vin Diesel can see in the dark. Oh, you're thinking of uh, the Chronicles of Riddick. <laughs> Wait, no, no, that's Pitch Black. This yeah, you're right. Oh, I really pulled one on yeah, you that time. Yeah, that's the same series, though. <laughs> same series. I pulled one on you. Okay. Now, The Great Race is this this, this 1960s film okay. starring Tony Curtis and, J- and Jack Lemmon. Uh, it's a comedy, great race, about these two daredevils, uh, Professor Fate and Tony and the great Leslie. You know, one's very good and one... It's a hilarious... I have it on DVD. We really have to watch it for a movie. It's one of my, it's my top five favorite movies. Wow. Um, when did it come out? 1968. Damn. It's my favorite old movie, I think. Okay. Um, but at one point, they scribble on Professor Fate, who's the bad guy. They scribble, Fate is a fink on his on his fence. I had to gotcha. look up... What the, what the, the fuck is a fink? fink? Yep. Yeah. Now we, can, now we can add that to our common vernacular. Yeah. Um. So... Moving right along, because we really don't have anything other world-building in this issue, other than robot uh, Walter getting rescued by someone. Dude, man, Walter can't walk five feet without getting in terrible trouble, can he? He can't, he can't go or do anything without, like, the plot intervening. He's at home, relaxing in his pajamas, and he's like, <laughs> oh, there's a me on the TV robbing the bank. <laughs> like, there's always the plot finding him. Um, so, Walter the, Walter's Brother, Part 3, The Bubbly Death, uh, was issued March 4th, 1978. Script by Joe Collins, artist Brian Bolland, and lettering by Tom Frame. Tom Frame? So, we have... Walter was on the run for a bank robbery he did not commit. After being mugged in a dark Luna alley, he faced a strange rescuer. And we see it is indeed it's, the same Walter who was on the TV screen. With the fedora and the pinstripe suit. Yep, and he is... Pointing a gun at them, and he has, I'm Walter, trying me written on his chest. Yeah. Um, and Walter is saying, Quipes! It's a scoundrel who's been impersonating Walter! To which the impersonator says, 
Me and Walt got things to discuss, fella, and you ain't invited, dig. To which the the purpose. <laughs> and then <laughs> the was, guy. He's so scared now, but, but we, well, I, guess I guess he's got a gun, right? Yeah, he's got this weird fucking like. Uh, no. Looks like Earthworm Jim's gun. I'm gonna need you to describe. I'm gonna need you to read for the bad guy because he turns and runs away uh, as Walter is firing. Bad um, Walter. Bad Walter. Bad, yeah, uh, imposter, imposter Walter. Yeah. Uh, is firing this kind of liquid at him. Yeah, it looks like a super soaker. And or the some guy, shit. the guy says, the mugger says, no, no, don't fire that thing. It's a. As he shoots like this arc of soap water. Um, yeah. And in the next panel. The the arc of liquid hits him, and he explodes into s soap. Are those bubbles? I can't tell. <laughs> it's a splurge gun. A splurge gun. As he dies, apparently. It, it is a bubbly death. Yes. Oh, the bubbly death. And it says. <laughs> it also has written on the side of the gun. It says Sudzo. Sudzo is the company that makes the splurge gun. And the imposter Walter is saying, "Ha ha! You should have bought." Brought your rubber duck. You said Bwah. I fucking I can't do it, dude. That's why I could not read Walter. I'm so happy we're going to Cursed Earth. I can't wait. Um, and Walter is saying now to his imposter, who where they're both looking as like a, a, a dying, you know, the hand coming up out That's of the, the Terminator Two hand. Yeah, it's yeah. coming up out of the bubbles as though the guy is dead. Uh, Walter is saying to his his brother. You drowned him, you water! Shut up. And that's supposed to be rotter, by the way, but water. Because I think it might be some because of water, yep. soap. It is a rotter. I thought I would clarify. Shut up. People who don't have to read this nonsense. Bums like him deserve the bubbly death. He ain't had a bath in years. And then <laughs> Walter is complaining to... Uh, his imposter, as the imposter smokes a lit cigar and blows, blows the smoke. Right? How does he smoke? I don't. I don't fucking know. <laughs> I don't fucking know, dude. But he does, and Walter is saying, trying to talk to him while this is happening. Cool rascal, who are you? <coughs> How dare you, Wob Banks, pretending to be Walter? <coughs> you ain't guessed yet. To which we see the Wal the the Walter impersonator pulls off. The try me, uh, I'm Walter, try me plate, the name plate off of him, and instead it says, Gus rules. Okay? Okay. Oh, letter question O. Question mark. Letter K, question mark? Okay? Gus rules, okay? <laughs> and what? What the things that put on these robots' name plates? I'm <laughs> Kenneth. Uh, Call me Kenneth. Call me Kenneth. I don't understand. I don't understand. It's such weird. I don't want to say counterculture, but it's so weird. <laughs> Niche culture, like culture. It's it's very odd. And the the imposter is saying uh, through his lit cigar, we were assembled on the same day. Remember, gracious Gus, Walter's brother. That's right, creep. Now you're coming with me, and we see. He's trying to drag Walter away, and there is a sign above the two of them on the street that says... No spitting on sidewalk, penalty five cents. Which is interesting, because we haven't had cents introduced yet. It's You're only right, credits and groats. And groats? Um, but Walter is, like, wrapping his arms around that same post. He's like, a, he's like a kid you have to take away out of the supermarket. Yep, and he's, like, he's wrapped around legs and arms around that lamp post, and he's saying... Walter refuses. You ain't changed, Walt. Still the same old drag. As he's like dragging Walter by the ankle, and Walter is still holding the light post, which has been ripped out of the ground. <laughs> and Walter says, <laughs> "I took 
screaming to realize what that meant. Judge Dredd will get you for this, you whacked! What grim fate awaits our metal hero? Next prog, Origin of Walter. The o next prog. Oh, the Oj. Yeah, next prog, the Origin of Walter. Oh my god. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm also. I'm they were having too much fun with this. I can't. Like, I, I literally started skipping Walter's dialogue somewhere around the beginning of the Luna One arc because I couldn't <laughs> stop reading it like that in my head. Understandable. So, Walter's brother part three, the bubbly death. We have a new character, Gus, Walter's brother who was assembled on the same day. So they assemble robots on the same day off the same assembly line, but give them unique uh, nameplates, I guess? Yeah. I, I mean, well, maybe we'll learn more about that. I, are we? Maybe. Andy, yeah. answer me truthfully. Okay. Are we going to learn more about the robot nameplates? The nameplates? No. Okay. Um, answer me honestly and truthfully. But, but... That's one of my favorite running jokes. We're going we're gonna to learn some stuff. Where do you think this is going? Where do you think this is going? That's one of my, one of my favorite okay, things I, I want to keep. two possible outcomes for this. All right, I'm ready for, give me A and Walter B. Walter convinces Gus to, to come around to the good side. Okay, okay. Or, and you know, let Walter go or whatever, and he just goes back to uh, to Dredd's apartment, and, and, Walter, and Dredd says something, where you been for the last two days, Walter? And Walter has some obscure one-liner that really doesn't answer the question. <laughs> okay. But it's like a wink to the readers that he doesn't know are reading his comic. Yeah. And he'll say something like, oh, just catch it up with family. You know how it is. Something like that. That's A. That's A. Or B, uh, Judge Dredd bursts in and has to stop and has to save the day because Walter can't end a issue to save his life. Both of those are logical and <laughs> sound conclusions that I would agree would probably what's probably be what's going to happen if I had not already read it myself. <laughs> um, so, oh, uh, last thing, oh, thing we have, in this comic we have the Sudzo Splurge Gun, which shoots bubbles capable of uh, drowning killing its, people? Drowning its victims, yeah. In one shot? Yeah. What a bad idea for a product. I don't, can you drown in pure bubbles? I don't know. I mean, you just okay. like pop them, so it's like wave around. So you see the solution, but that liquid you get with the little wands in and blow, that's like a soapy bubble There's water. There's air in there. Yeah. <laughs> bubbles are full of air. It's terrible. Also, they're freaking bubbles. You can pop them. This is true. Yeah, you can just pop them. But <laughs> it's it's meant to be stupid and dumb. Yeah, it's, um, it gets comic book. Terrible slang. Drag a boring or tiresome person or thing. Yeah, what a drag. World building. We see a sign that prohibits spitting on sidewalks with a fine of five cents. Is this supposed to be cents or credits is my question. Oh, or yeah, has the, the symbols like changed meaning over time? Yeah, possibly. Or maybe know. it's a comic book, and I'm looking at it way too yeah, hard. Yeah, maybe you know? it's a comic book, and it's supposed to be meant for us, the viewers. But we do have a death count in this uh, this one. Pro. Oh yeah, that creepy dude. The the mugger dies to the splurge gun. Wow, um, we see a death in this comic, and we haven't seen a death. A one person. Well, no, we've seen lots of deaths recently, but you know what recently. I mean. Uh, Luna One did not have many deaths until that like fifty-three thousand people massacre yeah. by the oxygen the board oxygen the board thing. Yeah. The uh, the, the, the sleeping gas. Yeah, the, the trank gas uh, robbers. So, moving on to Walter the Robot, Walter's brother, part four, or origin of Walter. Origin of the origin of Walt. This was uh, published on March 11th of 1978. Script by Joe Collins. Artist is Brian Bolland. And our letters are by Tony Jacob. 
Um, we have a long vertical panel that shows kind of like a space... It says Space yeah, Lab 2. It's like a Space Lab. But it says Space Lab 2 on the outside. And there's a, a, a chain link fence in front of oh, it. Oh, you know what it looks like? It looks and, like that place from Watchmen that Rorschach had to break into to talk to Dr. Manhattan. It very much, especially the, the broken the fence. The broken fence, yeah. It, uh, the broken chain link fence. And it, Dude, uh, that scene is so good. The movie was like, when Rorschach breaks in there and, and Dr. Manhattan tell. says, Dr. Tell. Manhattan says something like, hello Rorschach, but he just doesn't even look. Because he can see every everything. moment in time. I, I love I love the line that Rorschach says, like, I must tell the... I must tell the unkillable man that someone plans to murder him. Yeah. Um, I love that part so... I love that scene so much because it sets up so much character for Rorschach and Dr. Manhattan. Why are we talking about Watchmen? Because <laughs> we wouldn't have enough for a podcast. Whereas instead we have a deluge of Judge Dredd to make a podcast out of. There's so much Judge Dredd! Um, a sign on the chain link fence out in front of the lab says, Interglobal Hardware Company. You order, we deliver. Okay, so what is it like a space launch? Uh, a space station on Luna 1, Walter is the prisoner of his tough twin brother, Gus. And Gus does not mess about. All bolded. And uh, Walter is saying, from what you can see like far away from like a window in that place. Yeah. Go for it. Walter's brother, a criminal? Disgraceful! Walter regrets being activated! And now we see the two of them are in a room that's labeled Servo Robot Construction. And there are pieces and parts of robots everywhere. It's like a big factory kind of thing. Okay. And uh, he's still held at gunpoint by his brother Gus, and Walter is saying... Uh... Oh, upper wait. right. Okay, I was going to the other panel. Okay, good grief. Walter and Gus were created... Oh, Walter's from the moon? Wow. We're, we're going to find out, yeah. Good grief. Walter and Gus were created here? That's right. And from the day we was assembled, you had it made. And now we have, like, bubbly flashback panels. Yeah, the panels where, are all, like, in thought bubbles, like, flashbacks. Um, it shows uh, Walter, uh, you, it's, it's, and it's it's narrated by Gus. Yeah, you can you, see his little head, his little caricature. Yep. Like a speechable, a speechable in a JRPG. Because they have the little, the little yep, floating Yeah, like, head. a little, like, kind of face next yeah. to it. Yeah. That's very true. You were a popular, well-loved drink dispenser, and me, a crummy, boring adding machine. And we see the two of them, uh, each of them are in like a, like a children's playpen, kind of. Oh my god! <laughs> and Walter what is... is giving drinks to two guys who are like cheering and happy, having a happy time. As Gus just sits there with a... He's with got a, like two plus two, two equals, equals five? On his face. He has it's... an Atticus and like a, like a teddy bear with a creepy face. It's... They're like grown, they're wearing like little diapers, dude! They are wearing diapers. I never noticed this. Why do they have to <laughs> and wear diapers? And they have diapers? pacifiers. And the they have pacifiers. I have to write this down. <laughs> They're still the same size. Robots need diapers and pacifiers. Yeah, that's a big. That's a big thing to, to mention. They're, they they're are, not any smaller. They're not any smaller. They look like, just like they did in the last panel. Yeah. But they're, they're old-grown robots with diapers and pacifiers. And then our next panel shows uh, another uh, another flashback of Gus sitting on top of a mountain of books Oh, they're books! Yep. Okay, I thought they were like weird t gerbil tubes for a second. I was really confused. <laughs> and then, I mean, no more confused than I would be with <laughs> the pacifiers and the diapers. 
I'm gonna get to that shit, because I did not realize that shit. I glossed over that with my eyes. Um, but we see Gus is on top of a mountain of books reading, but Walter is reading a Judge Dredd daily, daily comic. He's reading Dredd's comic book. And Gus says, But I was ambitious, determined to go places. I studied while you read stupid comics. And what happened? I'm assigned to research moon rocks. And it shows him wearing a hard hat. Yeah, carrying a little uh, wheelbarrow. Of uh, rocks. Yeah. While you land a job on Easy Street. And it shows Walter ironing um, Judge, Judge Dredd's clothing. Oh, yep, yep. Uh, when I heard you were visiting Luna with Dredd, I hit on my revenge. Robbing banks disguised as you. And it shows the gang, you know, the, the him dressed as a gang member. Yeah. Or a... a the outfit he's wearing before the in the uh, you know now yeah, yeah the current uh, the outfit that the Gus is wearing gangway creeps as he fires in the air in like a bank lobby. Um, now all I gotta do is turn you in. Dwed will probably give probably give me your job for that. And he's tying Walter's ro uh, robot arms behind him. Yeah. To which Walter responds, Judge Dwed will not believe you. Walter will reveal all. But now we see. As uh, Gus removes his cigar from his mouth, a reject robot deactivator, a parentheses, scrap metal. In case you didn't understand what this this assembly line was for. Is it a, there's clearly like a conveyor belt going on, and he's gonna Walter's gonna get put into it, and he's and what Gus is saying, in that case, you're dead, brother. I'll say you fell in here during the uh, struggle. And which Walter, still sweating, goes. Oh, quakey! And that is the end of that issue. Next, Next twog. Death of a Wobot. Death of a Wobot. So. Oh, my God. We have, in this issue, we have the inter-global hardware company, You Order, We Deliver, which is a setting slash place. It's a, it's a, a robot assembly lab sent up inside of an old space lab or landing. World building. Gus, despite being Walter's twin... And made on the same day, was assigned to be a boring adding machine instead of a drink dispenser. Okay, 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 okay. So, so here is some possibilities for that. Okay. You ever hear the joke over and over again? Like you go to the ATM. Yeah. And they have the buttons with the braille on them. Yep. And these buttons are intended for drivers of cars. Yes. And everyone says, "Well, why would they? Why would a blind person be driving the car? Yeah. Why would they have?" And the answer is very simple if you think about it. It's just that it's a it's a standard thing. It's a yeah, standard engineering one. says, why would we have two machines to make two different kinds of buttons when we can have one machine to make one kind of button? Exactly. So, what's the same property? You know, so every button has Braille on it. That's it, a good point. That actually maybe these these robots are just made... Every button has... Every robot has a, multi, a, a bunch of purposes. That makes sense. That makes okay, sense. Okay, so that's my explanation from the weeds. My explanation... That I want from you is Walter is reading a Judge Dredd comic in universe. That I can't explain away, dude. Again, we Again, are being treated with some this. fucking universe-breaking bullshit. How is this possible? I knew you'd be mad about this. Like, we know that the Judge Dredd comics existed way back when because there's 2080 comics inside of Judge Dredd. Mm -hmm. And they refer to the comic book rings talking about comic books from the past, yep. which are our present. Yes. <laughs> and it's maddening. And it's a Judge Dredd daily comic. So there, someone out there is making a daily comic about this lawman currently, like in, in, in universe, 
But that doesn't bother me nearly as much as robots needing diapers and pacifiers now. That is really I wasn't, weird. I wasn't as... I, I was upset about the comic in-universe. I'm less upset about that now. More <laughs> upset about the fact that we have diapers and pacifiers on robots. <laughs> yeah, that's... It's so stupid. It's a comic it's book. It's a comic. It's clearly a joke, I know. But it's holy so weird. shit. It's so weird to see them full size. And they're just like... Infants, right? No, yeah. not at all. Um, it's like, it's, it's, ugh. Okay, we're almost through this. We're almost through. We've got like two or three more, okay. and we're done. The last part of Walter's Brother Part 5, Death of a Wobot. Released on March 18th, 1978. Script by Joe Collins. Artist is Brian Bolland. And our letters are by Tony Jacob. We have... They say a dying robot's program flashes before it a moment before deactivation. Walter is no exception, dot, dot, dot. And he's been tied, classic, like, damsel in distress yeah, on the railroad like the old style. westerns. Yep. And Gus is pulling a lever down um, with his cigar in, in one hand, lever in the other, saying, Soon you'll be, I'll be rid of you forever. Then I'll claim your cushy job with dread. As, as Walter protests, you know, being not hogtied, but tied up on the conveyor belt. Yep. To their... Right, reject robot deactivator. Yep. Scrap metal. Scrap metal. Uh huh. Scoundrel Walter will return to haunt you. And now we see uh, the the conveyor belt hit screeches to a stop. Hey, what happened? The crummy conveyor belt stopped. Curse your bolts. Get moving as Gus kicks the side of it. To which another voice responds from off panel. I'll ha I'll I'll have you read this, PK. You don't know who it is yet, but keep going. Uh, out, you naughty boy. Ouch, you naughty boy! Gus! Uh, who said that? <laughs> oh to which God. Gus whip, whips his screen around. <laughs> I, gotta, go. I gotta do a new voice now because I just figured it out. Yep, yep, go for it. I did! Release your brother instantly! Now we see a giant... Oh my God, I did not expect it to look like that. A giant hit, like, almost kind of like... What's it called? Like, Weekend at Freddy's kind of robot? Like, creepy-looking faced robot. Five Nights at Freddy's? Five Nights at Freddy's, that's it. Weekend at Bernie's is that movie with the dead... The I dead combined boy. the two. I, that'd be a weird movie, but <laughs> anyway. Um, this is uh, this uh, giant robot is now grabbing Gus and lifting him up in the air as he protests. Uh, and it is saying, go for it. This is your mother talking! It's got the, the, the panel makes it look so weirdly feminine, but so weirdly... Robotic. Um, I compare it to you know in the movie Wally when Wally meets the giant version of himself. Oh yeah, the Wall D's or something. Yeah, the Wall D's or whatever they are. Yeah, Wall it's Ds. so creepy. She's like got this little monitor for a head again with the grill mouth. Yep. Um, with we, these, all these arms. Yeah, a lot of uh, arms. This is your mother talking. You've gone too far this time. You need a little reprogramming! No! no! As Gus gets lifted, lifted up in the air, and we can see Walter is being, like, cut loose or uh, freed by his mother. Yeah. It, oh, quips! It's Mummy! In, uh, I'll read for her. In you go, you disgusting boy! As she throws Gus bodily into the fucking re uh, recycling yeah, uh, thing. Yeah, the, the robot... <laughs> reject robot re re deactivator. deactivator. Later. Bye, Walter. Your reputation is safe now. And and she, as a hand, offers a handkerchief. Oh my gosh, she's waving a hanky at him. Yeah. Give Judge Dredd my little present. To which Walter is, like, walking away, <sighs> waving. 
Wait, oh, mummy! Mm. Walter, very grateful. And now at the very last panel, we see Walter holding up a tiny... Uh, it looks like a... I thought it was like a calculator. It's a tiny little It looks like that gust. thing they have in Star Wars Episode One that the test the midichlorians on. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I could see that. It's it's pretty the bad. Little walkie talkie, but it's that, like, it's like a, that that Qui Gon Jinn had. It's like a little um like Russian doll version of Gus. Oh yeah, that's like a little Rus- Russian nesting nesting and, doll. And, and it says on the outside, "Gus, turn on, okay." <laughs> and Walter is saying, "Nice Judge Wed will appreciate a radio transistor, even if it did once wob banks." And it says, "Reprogrammed criminal robot on a tag attached to the radio transistor." Oh my god! So. Gus got turned into a radio transistor. And that's the end of Walter's brother. Um, so, retrospect, looking back on this, uh, settings and places, we're still at the Interglobal Hardware Company factory where Walter and Gus were built. We have Walter's mother introduced, though she's given no name. You're right. It's assumedly the, the robot that, that built assembled them. them. Yep. And then, world building. Apparently, uh, it's a saying that a, progr- a robot's program flashes before its eyes before it dies. It's, yeah, it's, it's just so, a, a take on, you know, a, a person's life flashes before their eyes. It's weirdly worded, though. It is. A, a robot's program flashes before it a moment before deactivation. A robot's programming flashes before it a moment before... Yeah, it's, it's weirdly it's, worded. It is. It's, yeah. Um, it's a clumsy sentence. My question is, how does turning Gus into a radio clear Walter's name? Exactly. Why does Walter's mom have any feeling for Judge Dredd also? Maybe she's, she's proud of her son? She's, yeah, it, it's her son's friend, you know? Or he's I mean, got this cushy job that he's landed, you know? Yeah, and he's the guy that freed Walter. That's true, that's true. And also, but I'm just more questioning, because Also, like, he threatens to kill him every other day, but whatever. There's also that. But I'm really curious about, she's like, your, your charges are cleared, like, how does she... How does... Can she... <laughs> Okay, so okay. we gotta wrap it up. Wrap it up. Wrap, wrap, wrap it up. Wrap it up. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> um, <laughs> wrap it up. Wrap it up. Put wrap a pin up. on that. It's done. Yep. But like, maybe she just can upload the. Maybe she recorded everything and uploaded it. Possibly. She does have a screen. A lot of robots are capable of recording things. Yeah, that's all I can think of. Is she somehow recorded the entire conversation and uploaded it. We. So, it says at the bottom of this next prog, Wadio Walt. Oh. Wadio Walt. Oh. Now. We're going to get into some British history here. Um, okay, I know a little bit about Pirate Radio, because I saw I the movie. There's a movie called Pirate Radio? Oh, yeah, it's, got, it's really good. It's got Bill Nighy. It's 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 about this this pirate radio station that, that was like in international waters on a boat and stuff. It's a really good movie. I've uh, never heard of this before. It's pretty good. Um, okay, so... But yeah, let's hear the history. We're, we're going to go through this. Well, not, not history. We're going to do it after this next oh, okay, perfect. Uh, prog. But our next one is Walter uh, Radio Walt. It was... Uh, this is our eighth and almost last Walter the Robot issue in this compendium. Um, it was issued March 25th, 1978. Script by Joe Collins. Artist is Brian Bolland. And our letters are done by Steve Potter. Um, somewhere on Luna 1, I'm going to have you describe our first panel, PK. Give me give me the rundown. What's happening right now? Okay, so we see... Um, uh, uh, yeah. How to describe it's <laughs> we see Walter first and foremost in the yeah. panel. Yeah. Um but beside him is a strange looking man with an eye patch and a pirate like a bicorn. Yep. Um and uh wheeling a microphone and it says pirate radio funk. Which is you know, I, I get you know, it's very much the pirate radio vibe from the underground radio stations. Yep. 
which I actually have a, I actually really like those. That was one of my favorite parts. Of, it's a really cool thing to read about, in my opinion. I had to. I went down a rabbit hole about this. Uh, a lot of rabbit. Was holes. it really cool? It was really cool. I've got some stuff written down about it. We'll learn about it after the uh, issues done. But this guy is wearing a hat with a skull and crossbones. Oh yeah, Jolly Roger on top. And it says Pirate Radio Funk across it. And he's saying into a microphone. Um, I gotta think a weird voice. Yeah, you gotta do him. Hi, Pop Pickers! This is OG Noxious, your pirate Luna DJ, with tonight's mystery guest. Say a few words for our listeners, pal! His <laughs> walls are wearing headphones. Uh, greetings. And we can tell that they're in some kind of radio studio, right? Yeah, they're in some kind of DJ booth. Um, attaboy, we've screened our first caller. Who you think it is, citizen? And the citizen, we see their face has appeared on like a video screen. Right. As Walter is squirting oil. Applying oil to his underarms like like cologne? Like deodorant, maybe. Oh my god. And the the, the, the citizen on the screen is saying, uh, oh, and it's, they're, they're truly, the, the caller in is trying to guess who, who, Walter the, the, who Walter is, or who, okay. who the secret guest is on the radio station. <laughs> um, and he says, Sounds like some kind of freak. Uh, and our next panel, I want you to do me a favor and describe here, PK. What's going on? This is, when I think of, like, 80s cartoons with background, like, you know, like, like think of the Ninja Turtles. I Like, the villains from the Ninja Turtles, like, background punks. Uh, it reminds me of Bebop and Rocksteady. That's like the, exactly what I thought it was, Bebop and Rocksteady's human form. He's wearing, so, like, a jumpsuit with a, with a belt. With the lips, uh, pursed lips <laughs> the for the buckle. belt buckle. Uh, he has like, these weird little tubes coming out. It's like this weird retro future bodysuit, but it's also 80s punk. And he has like this weird horn-rimmed glasses. And he's got... A bandit on his forehead. And he's got a little shoulder radio that's blaring out the, the pirate radio yeah. station. Oh, it says, it says, I'm a mump, written like, like spray-painted across his shirt. Yes, I'm a mump. Put a pin in that. Okay. Um... And it says, uh, is it, uh, uh, sorry, pal, your time's up. And then we cut back to the radio station. Kitties, you are gonna dread hearing the right answer. Hint, hint, some music, Mr. X, as he's talking to Walter. And as Walter is, is, is digging through this pile of tapes, uh, each labeled, you know, uh, go ahead. I was gonna say they were labeled with, with <laughs> actual music. Nope. But, I mean, I see... Electronic music. Yep. Handel's Walter music. Yep. Wege. Yep. Uh, Grateful Dead. <laughs> Veolin. Yep. And uh, I don't know what that was. Wire Heap. I don't understand. I that. don't know that one either. That's the one reference I don't get. It's okay. But Whatever. Walter. Walter says. And Walter says, "Wait on. Here's my favorite twack." Uh, and he's grabbing a grateful, a Grateful Dead tape, <laughs> and the the punk, the mump we cut back to. Is it's it's coming out of his uh, his little shoulder radio, and uh, it's and Walter continues, which is dedicated to dear Judge Dwed. And then we have uh, a hotline button lighting up on the wall, so someone's calling in. Yeah, far out. We have a hotline call. That means a leading citizen. Hello, citizen. You're Mr. Oh, someone calls in, uh, and I'm I'm gonna read for the voice because you're it's gonna. I talk. yeah. Hello, citizen. Your mystery guest is Walter, and the big idiot is helping you break the law. And now we have a cut-in of Dredd's, Judge Dredd's face. Snarling and yelling right at the camera. Right into the camera. <laughs> Radio Funk is broadcasting without a license. 
your fine is one million credits. To which the oh the radio God. podcast guy's head just whips around. Yeah, and stares right at the incoming call. Like, oh! like his mouth is open aghast, and Walter says, <laughs> Goodness gracious, Judge Dredd. And I'm going to have you describe this last panel for us. Why? Because uh, that's your <laughs> the job. The last panel is, is what was in DJ Noxious. Yep, OG Noxious. OG Noxious. Oh, yeah, OG Noxious is pointing a pistol at his head. Like... Like about a, to kill himself. Like a fucking Looney Tune committing suicide. Yep, it is. It is. Yep, he's got the thumb on the trigger. Yeah, he's got little tears in his one eye. Like he's crying out of his one eye, <laughs> about to kill himself in the background. <laughs> as Walter, Walter talks into the microphone, uh, this is Walter closing down Radio Funk on behalf of OB Noxious. OB Noxious, my bad. I think it's OG earlier. He's doing a joke. I think B. It's probably just hard to read because the scan. Oh, okay. OG, obnoxious. Get oh, it? oh, obnoxious. <laughs> That's really we funny. Just, we just got it. Closing down. <laughs> On behalf of obno- OB noxious, who has just gone bankrupt. Next prog quiz show. So. Oh my god! Like that. He's got a little gun to his head, and the tear coming out of his eye. Yeah, he's about to kill himself. He's about to kill himself. Like there's some, there's some Judge Dread like dark. That humor. is the dark humor I expect from Judge Dread. So that's the the Dread. You saved me. Public affection. Five hundred <laughs> credits. I'm excited to see if that's in here tonight. Um. So characters were introduced to O O B Noxious, a pirate radio DJ. Um. So here's the thing. Terrible slang made up words, Judge Red one-liners. Mump. What is a mump? While no definition is given of what a mump is in the comic, we can only assume it is related to the disease in some way. Yeah, the mumps. That's exactly what I thought of. Mump is, mumps is a contagious disease that is caused by a virus. It is typically starts with a few days of fever, headache, muscle ache, aches, and tiredness, and loss of appetite. Then most people will have swelling of their salivary glands. This causes the puffy cheeks and tender swollen jaw. So a mump being like a like a a growth or like a an unwanted like a um, weird a weird growth a weird uh, postule on society. Or yes, whatever. kind of thing. He's like I'm the downtrodden of society. I'm I the could, rejects. I could not find anything on like what a mump is. Okay, so we're just going on pure guesswork. Yeah. So pirate radio funk world building. Pirate radio in the United Kingdom has been a popular and enduring radio medium since the 1960s, despite expansions in licensed broadcasting and the advent of both digital radio and internet radio. Although it peaked around the 1960s and again during the 1980s and slash 90s, it remains in existence today, having moved from transmitting from ships in the sea that you mentioned to tower blocks across UK towns and cities. And in 2009, the UK broadcasting regulator of Ofcom estimated that more than 150 pirate radio stations were still operating as of 2009. It's just a cool, like, thing. Underground yeah, kind of, yeah, like... underground, underground radio. That is interesting. I had never heard of it until then. Um, you Are you looking up something for... I don't uh, know who was in the movie Pirate Radio. No worries. Oh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Bill Nagy. Nice. Um... Because I remember liking this movie. Nick Frost. That's who I remember. I knew, I knew ah. it was Nick Frost. One thing I will also add for world building. Walter's tapes include Handel's Walter music. Obviously references the water music, 1717, composed by Fre- uh, George Frederick Handel. Um, we have Vera Lynn, born 1917, famous for songs like We'll Meet Again. Her performances during World War II earned her the nickname oh, that, The Force's Sweetheart. That uh, I really like that song. Vero, Vero we'll Lynn. meet again. I don't know that don't, song. Oh, it's 
you seen the? Have you seen King Kong or Kong of Skull Island? No. Oh, you should watch that. <laughs> I may have like seen it, like a scene or two of it, like it was, on TV. I went into it like, eh, but it was really good. Oh, I'll have to check it out then. Uh, we have Uriah Heep, which they had. Uh, it, it was the one we didn't get. Yeah, it that's was the, the one I didn't understand. Yeah, it was I mean, Uriah Heep. Um, so Uriah Heep, U R I A H Heep, H E E P are a British rock band formed in 1969 that were very successful in, in the 1970s. And while Grateful Dead were an American rock band, acted between 1965 and 1995. So, okay. I uh, mean, Grateful Dead and Aerosmith. Okay, Grateful Dead were the ones from the U.S. I'm, yeah, but okay. Uriah Heep was a very British thing, apparently. Okay, I heard of <clears throat> Imogen Heap, which sang one famous song you might have heard of. <laughs> yes, I which have. Is, uh, Ooh, what you say? Oh, the popularized well. by that the OC. fucking... Popularized oh, by that by fucking... Uh, that skit with Andy Samberg. Yeah, where they keep killing each other. And <laughs> oh, Shia LaBeouf was in it for yeah. some reason. And Bill Hader. <laughs> Bill Hader. That's that was what it so was. funny. Not Will Forte, Bill Hader. Um, so also we have, for world building, leading citizens have access to the Radio Funk's hotline, whatever a leading citizen is. I don't know what that is either. Someone who pays their taxes on time. I don't know. But why would a pirate radio station care about who pays their taxes? I don't fucking know. The, the fine for broadcasting without the license is one million credits. Uh... And this is one of the few times in the comic so far that suicide has been made light of. The other time was when that jumper. That, yeah, at the that very jumper end. on the side of the building. Yeah, on Luna One. And that, that like, yeah, Drug Strike's last day on Luna One. Yep. Like, uh, <laughs> he finds him. He finds him, yeah. He he, he charges him for littering. Um, and. Because you're trash. Our, our death count for this issue Obi Noxious assumedly commits suicide off panel at the end of the comic. And that kind of wraps up. The second to last Walter the Wobot. We're almost done. And then we gotta move on to some weird stuff. Yep. This this last one though. This last one. Really? Yeah. The last one? The last Walter the Wobot. PK. There's a lot going on here. Okay. Now, did these run in the back of Drudge Dread issues? These ran in 2080. Okay. There were like other comics in 2080. Yeah, yeah, because it was, that, a, it was a like, compendium. What was, what, was what was the basketball one? The future basketball. Uh, that, blood ball. That was not blood ball. I know this because I looked it up recently. That was the Harlem Heroes. The Harlem Heroes. And its sequel, Inferno. Inferno. Okay. Yep. So I remember. Okay. Those were also comics that ran in 2080. And they're part of the megaverse because they're part they of the megaverse. They crossovers. Yes. Judge Stone. Which we're gonna get Judge into Giant? here. Judge Giant. Judge Giant. Yes. And who's Judge Stone? I don't, I don't know. think we've gotten Judge Stone yet. Okay. So um, that is a name I know. Okay. So we're gonna get into some shit. Um. It's just so, really complicated because there are things I know that I haven't read it's, yet. It's going to get weird really quickly after we're done with this Walter the Wobot episode. Because I, um, I know we're going right into the Curse of Earth. Oh, that's oh. one of the early big epics plot developments. Yeah. Epics. Yeah. Um, the which, which I'm going to hint more stuff about that come the Next end week. of this oh, end of this prog. I'm going to okay. hint because you know we're starting Compendium Number Two. We sure. Are. So. Uh, Walter the Wobot, friend of, friend of Dwed. Uh, this last one, oh called Quiz Show, uh, was released on April 1st of 1978. April Fool's. Uh. Script by Joe Collins, artist is Brian Bolland, and letters done by Tony Jacob. And we have a, a quiz show going on called Master Brain, Ew. with a man waving at the front who's sitting there clearly like the host. And there's a, a brain on a pedestal? There's a giant brain on a pedestal next to him. And he is saying, I gotta think of a weird voice for him. 
Good evening and welcome to Master Brain, a game of quick wits and general knowledge. I'm Magnanimous, um, I'm Magnus Magnanimous, and tonight our contestants are... Uh, PK, if you want to describe... Uh, read the next panel and describe for me, please. Adolf Hitler? That is a... That is... Is that a Hitler? <laughs> if you would read... Um, uh, okay, so the panel is Adolf Hitler is there. Um, oh, I'll read. I'll read because it's the. Yeah, he's he's hiling. He's hi yeah, he is. Yeah, and he ha clearly has his uh, SS badge on his chest. And his lapel. And he has a little mustache and the comb over. And the 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 host is saying, Magna Magnus Magnanimous is saying Herman Schickelgruber, interior decorator. Oh my god! You can read for Herman Schickelgruber if you like. Good evening. Bridget Laboob, actress. Hi, honey. And Hello, handsome. And it's a Brit it's a, a gorgeous blonde woman. Yeah. Julian Pitchfork, lecturer on moon rocks. And we see like a a, like uh, a, a an absolute looks like that uh, that's the stereotypical absent-minded professor with his, yeah. his Big, crazy hair, magnifying glass, on top, looking at a moon rock. Yep. Pocket protected with a pin. And Walter the robot. Walter the servo robot. Greetings. Now we have. Uh, an over-the-shoulder shot from behind the host Magnus's shoulder, looking at Walter in his chair. Walter, you're first. What's your subject? As Walter like is almost jumping out <laughs> of his chair. Judge Dredd. You have two megaseconds to answer the first question on Judge Dredd, starting now. What is his favorite expression? Oh my God! Walter is sweating from Al's the screen. Walter starts sweating well from the screen, like looking at him. He goes, "Uh, uh, oh, Dwocket." Correct. What color socks does he wear on Sundays? Now we see Herman Schickelgruber. By the way, I feel personally attacked. Um, oh yeah. Because <laughs> I have your last name. It's not my last name, but it's scarily Hitler close. Gruber. Yeah, Hitler Gruber. Yeah, that's right. Andy right. Hitler Gruber. That's it. That's what you got me. Um, to which. Herman Schickelgruber is, is rising out of his seat, shaking his fist, saying, Stop! This cheat! Okay, no, I'll give you a look. I do look at an Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's okay. Go for it. Stop! This cheating has done as good. But enough! It's their robot! He is their robot! Their robots can answer anything! Uh, to which we see Magnus Magnanimous hitting a button on the side of his chair, and Herman Schickelgruber is falling through. A, a trap floor, oh, like yes, a trap door, yeah. and his toupee has come off, so he's bald. Uh, and Magnus is saying, "Interruptions are forbidden." Schicklegruber, careful of the crocodiles down there. Oh, he pushes a little button on his arm. Yeah, and the guy just. Woo, on his arm, ah! so, yep. And now we have our last panel, our second to last panel shows Walter holding this brain, the golden brain. Uh, later. Oh, so it's not a real brain; it's a trophy. As Walter oh, okay. received the golden brain award. Congratulations, Walt. You won. As uh, Magnus Magnanimous extends his hand for a handshake. Yeah, and Walter's holding the Golden Brain Award. And he's confused about it, it seems, because he says... But how? And now we see the sleeve of Magnus oh, Magnanimous. Oh, shit! Magnus Magnanimous' sleeve is rolled up, and now we see he's a robot as well. Well, we robots have to stick together. And that's the end of... That... Is Our weird. Yeah, it turns out that's Magnus. Just a, that Ma just gives a bunch of questions. Okay, so yeah, that that turns out Magnus Magnanimous is actually a robot, not okay. a. But that's we're gonna get to that. So yeah. 
Characters. We have Herman Schickelgruber, again, personally attacked. Interior decorator, a clear Hitler parody, wears a toupee, and an SS uniform. Okay, so I know there was a running joke in many British uh, pieces of media around this time. Like, I'd watch Monty Python from, the, from this era, and they had a skit called Mr. Hiltair, who was... Obviously, Adolf Hitler having survived World War II, <laughs> and like he had, and like uh, Grubles with, with some, with, they were like three. It was, you know, how how absurdist humor Monty yeah. Python is. Yeah, it was it was like that skit. So there were a lot, and, you know, even in Seinfeld, yeah. there was like a joke about Hitler being alive. Yeah. Um, I mean, look at Archer. I yeah, mean, Krieger is technically yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's one of the boys from Brazil. Totally <laughs> clones from Hitler. Yeah, um, so this was, a, this was a running joke in various pieces of media at the yeah. time. Um, we also have character Bridget LaBoob, an actress, a blonde bimbo stereotype, Julian Pitchfork, a lecturer on moon rocks, a typical scientist stereotype, and Magnus Magnanimous, a game show host slash secret robot. So, that was, this, is a, this is the weirdest issue of Dread I've read so far. This has the most unanswered questions, more than any issue of a- gonna, actual issue of Dread. We're going to get into this. So... Magnus turns out to be a robot that is almost indistinguishable from being a human being. Which we've kind of seen before during the Robot Wars. During the, the Robot Wars, there the were those... The accountant robots? You exactly cut to it. Yeah, the accountant robots that looked almost identical to humans. So, uh, we have to assume, because of this, that some portion of Mega City 1 and on the, the entire world could be just robotic humans. Could, be, like, could just be robots in disguise, you could say. Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not Transformers. Um, also, terrible slang made up words to judge red one-liners. Megaseconds. What the hell is a megasecond? <laughs> we have no idea. Is that just like, okay, so game shows will sometimes just say wacky things yeah. to make things sound more important, so it could just be a second, but like, it's a megasecond, but we have no idea of knowing it. it, it yeah. Again, it's a comic book. It's a comic book. We're, we're looking about. way too into it. World building. Master Brain is a quiz show on Luna 1 where contestants are required to answer questions relating to a specific topic. Contestants compete for the Golden Brain Award. But they choose the topic out of anything. So here's the thing. Master Brain is an obvious reference to a real-life game show called Mastermind that came out in 1972. Uh... A quiz show in which contestants answer questions on specialist subjects of their choice and on general knowledge. It was presented between 1972 and 1997 by Magnus Magnuson. Um, okay, Magnus Magnus. So it's all a parody. It's a parody. Oh, um, shit, I didn't know about. Uh, Schickelgruber looks not dissimilar to Adolf Hitler, and indeed, his paternal grandmother's name was Maria Schickelgruber, as it turns out. So it's just Hitler in disguise. It's literally just Hitler in disguise. Um, Judge Dredd's favorite phrase is, drock it. <laughs> I always okay, so I had a little bit of an inkling here, a little bit of a feeling like like Walter didn't really know the answer to the question, and so he just said "Drocket" as like, a, oh, I don't know, oh, you know, oh, Drocket, and that was right, which and, is a joke we've seen in different things sometimes. But it, it also makes the idea of like, well, Schickel, not Schickelgruber, uh, Magnanimous, Magnus, Magnus Magnanimous wanted Walter to win because he's a fellow robot, right? right. So that brings up my last question: Does Magnus Magnanimous kill Herman Schickelgruber because? of interrupting the game show or because Herman objects to Walter being a robot contestant and Magnus feels a kinship with Walter. Maybe he kills him because it's Adolf fucking Hitler. And you ought to be killing Hitler. You ought to be killing Hitler, yeah. That's fair. Um, (laughs) Death count. Herman Schickelgruber is dropped into a pit of crocodiles. 
Due to the danger of 2100 and the previous game show we've seen, you bet your life. life. Yeah, game shows are dangerous in the future. It isn't hard to believe that Herman dies down there. But it's also, I can't believe that Walter went on another Ooh. game show That's after you point. bet your life. Like, holy was shit. Was this one legal? Because the, the other one was illegal. It probably is illegal. Like, Walter keeps I couldn't see going. why it would be legal. It's got he's, Adolf Hitler on it. He's going into illegal fucking, like, radio shows yeah. and shit while Judge Dredd's out. Why? Why? Walter, you are an actual criminal. Why, Walter? So. It's like that bit in Horrible Bosses 2. Oh, where my God. It's like, oh, God, who's the guy? Who's the bad Not the bad guy, but the guy in Horrible Bosses 2. It's, you know. Kevin Spacey. No, no. He's the bad guy. Colin Farrell. Electro. Um, Django. Uh, you're thinking of... Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx. Yeah. Um, Jamie Foxx is like, oh, oh, through no fault of our own, we find ourselves breaking the law once again. He's like, no, you are criminal. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So That's one of my favorite bits from the entire movie. I've never seen any of the horrible bosses movies, so I can't really hear like oh, unfortunately. Okay. Um... Because, like, again, they come to Jamie Foxx for criminal advice, and, like, because in, in the first movie they did the same thing, mm -hmm. and it's like, you know, it's like, again, you guys are coming to me, and it's like, oh, through no fault of our own, we find ourselves caught up in all these crimes. Like, no, no, you guys are criminals <laughs> doing crimes. <laughs> um, so, what I'd like to do here, is there anything else you want to talk about involving Walter the Wobot and his few specialties? I want touch on how weird of an issue this was. It really was. Because in this little joke, last one issue, one page issue, for the like a weird reveal at the end of it, it's weirdly lot. haunting and weirdly mm. dense Yeah. for a one page joke. It's suddenly like, oh, we're in Ghost of the Shell, what the fuck? Yeah. It's that kind of it's shit, like, right? We robots. It's like, it's like, it's like, it's like that guy at the end of uh, Iron Man, like, Hydra. Oh shit, yeah. The yeah, yeah. The senator dude. Yeah, the senator it's guy. It's just weird on that level to mm. me. So, we're going to discuss the megaverse, all right? Yeah, I would like to So, there are questions I have. I have written down I I I took a lot of this information from a website called Dread Alert, which is okay. where I get a lot of my play-by-plays of episodes. Um and this is that that tree that we saw, right? The, yeah, we've seen the, the same image. Yeah, the same. That's exactly the one thing. I saw. So, oh, here. we're recording. Shit, we're recording. I yes. did not know that. <laughs> we are back. I'm gonna look up a picture of that image just so. Uh, Good I, idea. Good idea. Um, it might be hard I can't, to find, or you need a picture of it. I can't actually phone. look up the word megaverse because that's not what it's called. <laughs> Trademark. Uh, here, you can take a picture of it if you want to. Keep it on your phone. Keep it in front no, of you. I can find it. Okay. Uh, what what's the name of the, the actual name of it? Dread Alert is the uh, is but the the, the name of the. It's not the name of the thing. It's okay. It's, it's on the website Dread All Alert, right. which I uh, last I see seems to have been updated in 2014. So this Ooh. this information was accurate as of about six years ago, which means that. Certainly, the Megaverse has expanded since then. In fact, I know it has because we've talked about Judge Dredd meeting Batman, which is not included in this Megaverse. You're right. Otherwise, we get into the entire DC okay. Universe. I found plenty of world maps. That's not what I'm looking for. Um, the only place I found that image was on Dread Alert. That was okay, it. I'm just going to go to that website. That's why I, I, You can find it and download it. Um, but we're going to start off with the first little branch off that happens. Yes. Harlem Heroes... Does that predate Judge Dredd? It does not. 
Uh, it came out in February of 1977. Um, so Harlem, because if you recall, Judge Dredd came out uh, in the second it's episode because the first one wasn't because right, it wasn't ready by the time the first issue launched. Correct. We so, talked about their weird uh, uh, origins. Yeah. Whatever you want to call it. So Harlem Heroes, the British comic strip that formed as part of the original lineup of stories in 2000 AD. Uh, so it was part of the original lineup. Okay. Inspired by the popularity during the 1970s of kung fu films and the Harlem Globetrotters, Harlem Heroes was devised by Pat Mills, employing elements from his Hellball comic strip, and scripted by Tom Tully. Initially, the series was uh, was to be have been drawn by Carlos Trigo, but the Spanish artist was replaced by Dave Gibbons prior to the first issue publication. From issue or Prague 25. Mess Massimo Belladorini, Belladorini uh, drew the concluding episodes of the first series and would be retained as its regular artist for the strip's reinvention as Inferno. So Harlem Heroes we've already discussed. We know what Harlem Heroes is. Yes. Because of Judge Giant, right? Yeah. And yeah. how is the grandson of the guy who was on the Harlem Heroes? Yes. Uh, the, the captain of the team. Captain of the team. Um. So Inferno was the sequel to that so right now, we have, yeah, I remember we talked about in the issue how about uh, the game wasn't dangerous enough, so they made it even more dangerous. So we're gonna have we have Judge Dredd, our top tier. Yeah, branching off of that, Harlem Heroes. Heroes. Branching Two. off of that, Inferno. Inferno is the violent sequel uh, to Harlem Heroes, set in the bloodthirsty arena of Inferno, and even more barbaric updating of Arrowball. Which is the sport played by the Harlem Heroes. Yep. Uh, with the addition of players on motorbikes and gameplay similar to that featured in Rollerball, sportsmanship is gradually replaced by sensationalist violence and the desire for bloodshed and death on the field. Declining in-game values are shadowed by terrifying levels of boardroom corruption. Their own manager, tiring of the hero's clean-cut image, is determined to get rid of their contracts by taking out a contract on his own players. Damn. So the scene of the hero's violent demise is a baroquely ruinous former casino called the Crystal Maze, a metaphor for the human mind, and a title later recycled, rendered in a darkly gothic splendor by Marissimo Belladorini. So this sounds very interesting. I kind of want to read this. It's kind of crazy. The last few issues of this I want to read because it sounds like a real uh, 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 what's the word I'm thinking of? A real. A fictional version of what's ha really happened to some sports. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, look at uh, mixed martial arts, right? Yeah, so we want to see lots of blood, lots of violence. So they up the uh, they up the violence factor, and they and it's a weird re weird reflection. So that's I'm, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll segue off of that. Okay. So though that's one branch of the tree going off of Judge Dredd. So okay, Judge Dredd, uh, Harlem Heroes, Inferno. Yes. Now, branching off the main Judge Dredd line is the Walter the Wobot series. Which... Already described in a future prog of this offshoot. Uh, okay. We don't have... There are more Walter the Wobot comics that we don't have. Thank God. I don't know if they're in the future compendiums or not. Thank, I hope they are not. <laughs> but I can tell you this. How much Walter the, the Wobot comic was there? More than we want to read. <laughs> but I I've already you, read more than I want to read. I can tell you this. In a future prog of Walter the Wobot, he meets a character called Mechquake. Remember that name, Mechquake. How's that spelled? Can I say that really quick? Uh, M-E-K hyphen quake. Okay. Right? 
This is a character from a comic called The Robusters, and is one of the first threads linking the uh, Robusters to Judge Dredd. So, what are the Robusters, you ask? I did not. Robusters are connected to Walter the Robot, which is connected to Judge Dredd, so we're like three chains off, right? Okay. Robusters... So, Judge Dredd to Walter the Robot to ro- to, to Robusters. No, Robusters to Walter the Robot to Judge Dredd. Okay. So, Robusters is a British comic that formed as part of the original lineup for the Star-Lord comics. Star-Lord was like a 2000 AD offshoot that was... Not the Marvel Star-Lord. No, no. Not, you know, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Infinity Watch. Complete coincidence, the same name. Okay. It's a... uh, it was a it had a similar in premise to that of the Thunderbirds television series. Oh, with the weird puppets? I guess so. It was created by Pat Mills and drawn by Carlos Pino and Ian Kennedy initially before Star Lord's merger with 2000 AD. Okay. So this other science fiction magazine merged with 2000 AD. So they bought it and they in- integrated it into their comics. Yes. So Robusters after the merger. Uh, Dave Gibbons, Kevin O'Neill, and Mike McMahon were regular artists on the series, along with occasional contributions by Mike Dory. Along with Strontium Dog, which... What? We're going to get into that. Along with Strontium Dog, which we'll get into, Robusters survived Star-Lord's merger into 2080. Okay. So Strontium Dog was another comic that was in, in Star-Lord. Okay, so that- Star-Lord was a compendium. Was a like compendium 2000 as well. AD was. Yes, exactly. There was, there was no Star Lord character. No, it's okay. just the name of the comic compendium. Okay, good. I was really so, okay. Yeah, it is just Star Lord is just the name of like 2000 AD, another offshoot, another basically. compendium, another yes. collection of comics. So, Robusters and Strontium Dog, which I haven't gotten to Strontium Dog yet, I will, survived the merger. Are they the only two comics that did? We're gonna get, get into, into that. that. <laughs> um, you know, you said that three times to me. <laughs> It's uh, uh, the series introduced the decommissioned robot Hammerstein and the sewer robot Rojaws. But where do we get back to what's his name? Uh, the first robot you mentioned, uh, Mechhead. Mechquake. Mechquake. We're gonna get he's one branch further down. So this is gonna get crazy, okay? We have the robot Hammerstein and sewer robot Rojaws. Isn't that the guy from from Hamlet? Or could it be Hammerstein and Rogers? Oh, Rogers and Hammerstein. Hammerste- Hammerstein and the, Rojaws. I'm Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. No, no. Different. So, uh, this gave rise to the popular ABC Warriors series. This series... Refer- so popular, I've never heard of it. This series references Mega City 1 three separate times and even features an unnamed judge in a prog called Nemesis the Warlock Book 5, The Vengeance of Thoth. So, you just do a lot of words at me. <laughs> Rojas, Nemesis the right, Nemesis the Judgment, Rise of Thoth, Nemesis the Warlock, Book Five, The Vengeance of Thoth. Oh my fucking so, god! So hear me out. This is goes deeper than I thought. This it dude, we're not, we're scratching surface level right oh, now. Oh no! We're on, we're on layer one of the onion. So hear me out. Robusters survived the transition into 2080, right? Right. Featuring two comics or two two uh. Two robots, Hammerstein and, and Rojaws. Yeah. This Robusters uh, went on to become the ABC Warriors. The ABC Warriors is a feature in the UK comic book series 2080, written by Pat Mills. It first appeared in Prague 119, 
1979, so it hasn't come out yet in Judge Dredd. Okay, so this merger is yet to happen. And continues to run as of 2018. Holy shit! So there's a whole other thing of the ABC Warriors. Formerly known as Robusters. Formerly known as Robusters, and here's why. So we're gonna get to that in a moment. Art for the opening episodes was by Kevin O'Neill, Mike McMahon. Bre- episode? It was uh, not a... Uh, con- uh, issues. Oh, issues, okay. Sorry. Was, 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 Brett is Ewan's, there a cartoon series I don't know about? And Brendan McCarthy. This is where he's going to get some crazy shit. Oh, okay. Who among them designed the original seven members of the team. So it's like a ABC Warriors is basically robot A-team, okay? Okay, so it's so it's a superhero... Well, not superhero team, but a robot a, team of... Robot team okay. that solves problems. Since they have been illustrated primarily, though not exclusively, by Brian Talbot... Simon Bisley, SNS, Kevin Walker, Henry Flint, and Clint Langley. So here's what it's about. And this, just bear with me. Okay. The ABC Warriors are a team of war robots designed to withstand atomic, bacterial, and chemical warfare. They right. Were, I mean, robots can withstand those things. They were built to take part in the long running Volgan War. B O L G A N, Volgan War. V O L G A N. Volgan War. That sounds pretty cool. Which Mills had described in several previous I mean, 2080 strips. One letter off from Vulcan Wars, which is from Star Trek. Um, these robots are built to take place in the Vulcan War, right? Right. Which Mills had described in previous 2080 strips, which we're going to get into, called Invasion and Robusters. They described in Robusters the Vulcan War. Okay. Each robot has a distinctive personality, often one programmed by its human creators, but each is more or less able to act with free will. Okay. So, here's the thing. So they're their own individual characters, but they have some some limitations on how they can behave. One of the main characters is Hammerstein. Okay. All uh, what was Hammerstein. That one, Hammerstein. What was the other one from the sewers? Rojaws. Rojaws. Rogers and Hammerstein. Oh, so, right. That joke. I forgot that joke. Hammerstein, sorry. So Hammerstein was already known... Hammerstein was already known to 2080 readers throughout through the story of Robusters, originally right. started in the magazine Star-Lord. Okay. The story of the creation of robotic warriors to be used in the Volgan War had been introduced in the Robusters story, Hammerstein's uh, War mem- Memoirs. Hammerstein is the only ABC warrior to appear in film, making a cameo in the appearance of 1995 Judge Dredd movie. Oh! He's in this fucking movie. Okay. And not in like a small way either. Remember when Rico gets that giant robot out of like the cusp? That's Hammerstein. Holy shit, from like the pawn shop? Yeah. Holy shit. And they reference him in the movie as one of the ABC warriors. And they say, weren't these decommissioned 50 years ago? Because they take place, though this, though the ABC Warriors takes place, uh, it wasn't come out yet, it takes place 50 years before the timeline of Judge Dredd. Because the Vulcan War happened around the year 2000, like 1990 roughly. I am having a weird flashback to being, a, being an adolescent and watching <laughs> this movie. So, and seeing that moment, and knocking that memory away, and knowing, okay, so I know this is based off a comic. Yeah. So that must be a reference to an earlier comic. And so, that was locked away in a brain cell somewhere <laughs> so far and deep in the bottom of my brain that you're I could You're having like... Like, I'm having a flashback of remembering this dialogue now. And it's like it's like someone went down to the archives of the archives of the archives of my brain <laughs> and found that one little brain cell with that one little nugget of, nugget of information. And I'm having a little crisis right now. It's kind of crazy, right? Because I remember that exact 
I remember that whole thing. Like, oh, that must have happened in the comic. I guess I'll never think about this again. <laughs> so, Hammerstein. Until right this second. Hammerstein. So, okay. follow me here. The so, this robot makes a cameo appearance in the film, and this is blowing my mind. Because so, I remember this whole thing now that I thought I'd never, ever remember again. So, the initial run of the stories from Fogs 119 to 128 follows Hammerstein towards the end of the Volgan War as he recruits six robots to join him for a special mission to tame Mars, which has become a futuristic Wild West. I thought it was the moon. Nope. Mars. As okay. well, for some reason. Well, because I really like the Wild West. Right. In further Space Westerns are a cool thing, so I'm not going to complain too much. Yeah. I mean, I love Firefly. Right. I mean, who doesn't, right? In further adventures set much later in time, the Warriors teamed up with Nemesis the Warlock in his fight against the Termite Empire and to prevent a destabilized black hole bypass at Earth's core destroying the world. I don't know what any of that means. I don't either, but every time I hear Nemesis the Warlock, I think of Adam Warlock. I think of Adam Warlock. From Marvel Comics. Yeah. Um, does it ever explain in any of all these synopses what the Volgan Wars were? Yes. Oh, thank God. We're going to go one layer deeper, though. Oh. <laughs> Many of these early stories pursue the theme of humans using robots to do jobs they would normally not wish to do themselves. Which is kind of a, it's kind of a running theme in Judge Dredd. It follows the same theme as Robusters, which is that was the theme of Robusters. Okay. And the cruel treatment of soldier robots by human officers. I mean, that's the whole theme of the Robot Wars yeah. in, this, in Judge Dredd. The Warriors... Uh, the ABC Warriors often find themselves at odds with humans who are exploiting the land and the beings that live on it. Typically, storylines see the, the Warriors identifying such evil and delivering poetic justice to the perpetrators. Later stories also explore ideas of chaos. K-H-A-O-S. Chaos. What the hell is that? And the concept of programmed robots being able to discover their true identities. I don't know if they mean chaos as in the forces of chaos. The concept from, of chaos? Or chaos from 40k lore, which is spelled the exact same fucking way. It truly is. The forces of chaos from where... Yeah. It can't mean that. <laughs> it can't mean demons of the warp, can it? I, Dude. So... We're going to go one layer deep. Oh, right? yeah. So, Another layer? We're like, what, so four layers down? And then ABC Warriors came off of Robusters, which is attached because Mechquake is one of the, the Walter the Robots. And Mech he appeared in Walter the, Walter the Robot. Which is part of Judge Dredd. So ABC Warriors, Robusters, Walter the Robot, Robot, Judge Dredd. Dredd. Now, coming off of that... I got okay, a nosebleed. Coming off of that is... A, a comic called Invasion. Um, in, in, invasion with a with an apostrophe, like an apo exclamation mark at the end. Invasion. Okay. Um, was set during a uh, was a series created by Pat Mills and originally written by Jerry Finley Day that appeared in the first fifty one editions of the Weekly Comic two thousand eighty. Okay. So it was like running alongside of Judge Dredd, but it wasn't connected originally. So we're already past Invasion's runtime and how much we've read Judge Dredd. Yeah. So, hear me out. Okay. It kind of is, because the series introduced the character of Bill Savage, a classic anti-authoritarian uh, anti character of the type which Mills is best known for. It has been continued in the sequel series called Savage, beginning in 2004 by Pat Mills and Charlie Adler. So there's a sequel well, to Invasion. There's a sequel to Invasion. Invasion. So 
What Invasion was not a spinoff. I'm sorry. It was just a, it was just a comic running within 2018. Yeah. Not a spinoff. Yeah. It was but, just a comic. Okay. Running. So it's a sequel to a it, yeah a sequel to a comic series. Okay. So Savage is the sequel to Invasion. Invasion is running at the beginning of, of Judge Dredd. Yes. In the alternate which is what one through fifty you said roughly yeah. Um, here's where it's going to get weird. Oh, again? In the alternate recent history established in Savage, the Soviet Union fell to a fascist military coup as, and was renamed the Volgan Republic by Marshal Vashkov in 1991. Oh, no. In 1992... So it's, it's continuity welding. Yes. They welded the continuity together. Okay. The Volgan Wars happened in, in Savage and... Invasion. Invasion. And ABC Warriors. And, and Robusters. Which ties it to Judge Dredd. Yes. So, to give you an idea of <laughs> give you an idea what the Volgan Wars were about, right? Okay. Um, in 1992, vast new reserves of, of North Sea oil were discovered off the coast of Britain. Ken Livingstone became head of the Labor Party and his true labor movement gained power over Shirley Brown's Conservative Party in 1995 general election. In 1996, the Prime Minister Livingstone ordered the removal of all American military bases from the British Isles, and by 1998, a newly isolationist United States had withdrawn completely from Europe and the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, NATO. NATO. By 1999, Prince Charles was King of the United Kingdom, which is not true, because no, that didn't, that didn't happen, because we still have Queen Elizabeth Windsor. Yes, yeah, somehow. Because she's balls boss. <laughs> the United States and the Volgan Republic had a secret agreement carving up the world into spheres of influence. Bill Savage is a cab driver during this invasion uh, comic, which is not originally tied to Judge Dredd, but tangentially tied to the ABC Warriors because of the Volgan War, right. which the ABC Warriors were made for. Which okay. it's welded into the Judge Dredd overarching megaverse. Yes. The Volgan War is also known as the Fourth Oil War and became part of the connecting backstory for a number of 2080 series, including the ABC Warriors. Does that imply that there are three actual oil wars in history? I guess. I mean, uh, there's arguably Desert Storm and Desert Shield, but that was after this came out. <laughs> it's kind of weird. I don't... Uh. <laughs> Um, also, might be referring only to, like, UK wars. Oh, that's true. Um, we have another comic that is tied to Invasion, which is called Savage, which our main character, Invasion, and then we have Savage is the sequel to Invasion. Okay, so Invasion takes place during the, uh, the, the Volgan, Volgan War. Wars. Yeah. And Savage is after the Volgan Wars? Savage is like, I would, oh, oh he, Savage is like a sequel, and it, I think it's... It, but it's, same, it's the same guy? Because it's the same guy, because it's Bill Savage, the lead character. But here's the thing. Does, uh, the, the, what was it? Uh, not Savage, uh, well, I Invasion. can see a synopsis here, and all it says <laughs> is, sequel to Invasion. Well, here's the thing. I, I know, I know what I have, though, is that Invasion happens. Invasion, like, starts, and everything's already gone to shit, like the Vulcan War has happened. Yeah. So, disaster. Oh, so is it post-apocalyptic? No, it's like the fall of society. Okay, of so it's, it's how we get to Mega City, I think. Okay, so okay. what happens is there's a prequel made called Disaster 1990, which was the prequel to the series Invasion, which ran into the in 2080 Progs from 19, 119 to issue 139 in 1979. So there's already a prequel made that basically 
like follows the 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 downfall. It, like it's like happening in real time as if it already having happened. This in whole invasion. series I've never heard of has three parts. Yeah, it's insane. Okay, it's crazy. Uh, I'm not going to go too much detail on that one because I want to go into Strontium Dog. <laughs> I, I want. Um, I've been hearing about Strontium Dog for a while now, and so. I... <laughs> Strontium Dog is a long-running British comic series featuring the British Science Fiction in, in British Science Fiction Weekly 2000 AD comic, right? Right. Starring Johnny Alpha, a mutant bounty hunter with an array of imaginative gadgets and weapons. It's so it's a, like British Batman. Here's the thing: the series. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna get into a little bit of it. The oh, this series, is a bounty hunter, and Batman's this, just a vigilante. But. Yes, and he's a mutant as well. Oh, he's a mutant. So You're here's right. the thing, right? The series is created by John Wagner under the pseudonym T.B. Grover, which we've seen before. Yes. And Ardos Carlo, artist Carlos Esquera from, from Star-Lord. Uh, so this was originally made with Star-Lord and survived the transition just like Robusters did. Right. right. It's one of the two um, titles? That show? Is it, there were only yep, two. Yep. Strontium okay. Dog and uh, Robusters. When Star Lord became was, ABC Warriors. Yep, which became ABC Warriors. When Star Lord was canceled, the series transferred to 2080, and in 1980, Wagner was joined by co-writer Alan Grant. Although scripts were normally credited to Grant alone, Grant wrote the series solo from 1988 to 1990. Alan um, Grant. What do I know? What do I? I know. I have no clue. Uh, I know that name. Um. After, and I'm feeling really stupid for not... <laughs> here's a weird thing. After Esquera's death in October of 2018, the series was put on an indefinite hiatus. As in, it's been running since then. Jesus. So it's been running, like, a very long time, just like Judge Dredd has. Yeah. Um, How so, have we never heard of... I don't know. I don't have a clue. So, you want to know what Strontium Dog is? You said it was a, a mutant bounty hunter with gadgets. Let me go in more detail about this. Yeah, let's hear about Strontium. <laughs> the premise of the series is that the Great Nuclear War of 2150, as in... Well, that's after... Judge Dredd. Okay. So it's 50 that's years. 50 years after... The, remember we talked about Judge Dredd having, like, big nuclear war escalating, happen? Escalating crises. I think that that's in Judge Dredd's near future. Um, oh shit! So, I heard that there was a nuclear war at one point between the Soviet blocs or, or Mega City Two or something. Nuclear missiles get launched. Yeah. At one point, the premise of the series is that the Great Nuclear War of 2150 wiped out 70% of Britain's population and led to the huge increase of mutant births due to the exposure of the nuclear fallout called Strontium 90, which is like the element that they gave, fictional element they yeah, gave. Yeah, instead of radiation, um, Strontium 90. The the mutants faced a high degree of racism similar to the, that those faced by the Jewish population of Nazi Germany. Laws were, laws were passed forbidding mutants from owning businesses and segregating them into ghettos, such as the giant mutant settlement at Milton Keys, uh, Keynes, I don't know. At the end of this storyline in 2180, one of the few jobs left for mutants is that of a bounty hunter, a job considered too dangerous for normal humans. The strongest of mutants hunt down criminals throughout the galaxy. The galaxy. Oh, uh, so we're not on Earth, just on Earth anymore. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, is it like... I mean, are there alien races or? Mm. We're gonna get to that. Are there alien races or is it like just Earth, the Moon, and Mars? I don't know. I don't know. We're gonna find out. Maybe the strongest of mutants hunt down criminals throughout the galaxy for the Search and Destroy Agency, whose distinctive SD badges give them the nickname Strontium Dogs. Ah. Uh, the SD agents operate from an orbiting space station known as the Doghouse. The mutants of the Strontium Dog differ from the usual depiction of mutants in American comics, such as those published by Marvel, right. in that they are genetically afflicted with severe physical deformities and only rarely granted with superhuman powers. 
Um, often this leads to humor and characters' names being puns, such as Spider Dan in the Young Mid Midden Face spinoff, and Skull-Faced Welsh Mutant Die the Death in Strontium Dog Traitor to His Kind. Spider Dan. Yeah. Spider Dan. So here's that's, here's that's what's terrible. Even by the standards of 20 AD, not standards of Judge Dredd, standards of the entire comic. Right. 20 AD. Strontium dog plot lines can be bizarre. Okay. In one story, Johnny Alpha travels to an alternate dimension that passes for hell. In another, he is sent by a time machine to 1945 to arrest Adolf Not Hitler. Hitler. There is a bleak, minimalistic edge to the series at times, reminiscent of spaghetti westerns. And by the way, he does bring back Hitler to stand trial. He brings Hitler back to the past, to he the future. He literally does that. So, that's pretty oh weird. Oh my god. Uh, Johnny Alpha has time traveled, and uh, back, he's traveled back in time on three separate occasions to Judge Dredd's universe, to Judge Dredd's timeline, and has worked with him in these crossover issues. Oh so god. he's come back not that far in the distance, or in that, that far in, in the past, to Judge Dredd in his own timeline. So it is shown to be Judge Dredd's future. Okay, so um, he couldn't warn Dredd about the nuclear missiles? Maybe you the can't. The nuclear war? Maybe you can't. I mean, I don't I, know. I mean, let's go with the Doctor Who rules. There are fixed points in time. Yeah. I don't know, man. So, let's get into... Let's go Terminator rules that it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Another level down from Strong Team Dog, Dog, which connects directly to Judge Dredd, right, yeah, is so... a series called Blackhawk. Um, Blackhawk. The, ep the eponymous? 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 I don't know. Eponymous protagonist eponymous. Of, the, of the comic strip Blackhawk was a Nubian slave... Who, through, oh boy. Here, we, here we go, through his prowess in the gladiatorial arena of ancient Rome and his success as a revolutionary, became a centurion in the Roman army. Okay. Later so he was. fucking uh, uh, gladiator. Hold on to that thought. Okay. Later, later, he was abducted by aliens. Okay, it's not gladiator <laughs> anymore. And fought in another kind of arena for the benefit of extraterrestrial gamblers and thrill seekers before breaking free along with his comrades Ursa and Zog um, and ending upon ending up on the hellish planet of Silver Sun, a world inside of a black hole. How the fuck? So, this Nubian slave becomes a gladiator in two different civilizations, one yeah, of which is first alien. Interroman. Yeah. And then aliens abduct him. So this comic took a hard left. He's a Nubian slave, aka a black man named Black Hawk. Oh no. So there uh, in this world of Silver Sun inside of a black hole, he lost his soul to the monstrous soul sucker, the what? the creator of the great beast, and began a lengthy quest to regain it. A.K.A. kind of Silver Surfer and uh, uh, Galactus, Galactus style, right? Yeah, who's um, the, the thrall of Galactus? Blackhawk eventually got a lead on his soul's location from a quark, a crippled robot built by a race called the Thargians. Oh a, shit! Attached to Tharg from Future Shock. Yeah. Um, but he and his colleagues fell into the black hole shortly after he finally recovered it. Decades later, Blackhawk, um exited a dimensional portal and landed in Brit-Sit, as in Brit-Sit from the Olympic Games. Remember the Olympic Games that we had with Judge Dredd? On the moon? It was the Brit-Cities, right? Yeah, Brit the British, so the British he winds, Isle, the Republic of British, no, there's... It was just called the Brit-Cities, brit Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, he, landed, he lands in Brit-Sit, where they encounter Judge Liliana Storm before disappearing again. Sidebar here, 
Liliana Storm is a side judge active in Brit Sit, whose specialty is talking to the dead. Unfortunately, it's a talent she can't actually switch off, which tends to her to make rather irritable. She it's, it's the it's X-Men rule of the psychic guide cannot stop this thought from invading his brain, um, thus giving him a degree of anger. So she is a judge in Brit Sit, basically. Okay. So that connects Blackhawk... Back to Judge Dredd. Back to Judge Dredd and to Party. Strong Team Dog and ABC Warriors and everything. Last but not least, oh this is God. the last one of the extended I, universe, okay? Uh, and it's the best, okay? It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a series called Flesh. Okay. Now this one, when we saw, we, we thought this is a weird name for a comic. Yes. Um. So here's, here's oh, what it's this about. I remember one. I remember the synopsis for. So Flesh. here's, here's what this is about. There's no meat in the future. <laughs> Flesh debuted in 2080's first issue. In 1977. Oh, wow. It's in the first issue of the comic. Yep. The series was set in the age of dinosaurs who were farmed for their meat by cowboys from the future. Wait, wait, wait. So, cowboys, not from, like, uh, from, like, the 1880s, but, like, future cowboys from, like, the 2100s? I think so. They didn't go back in time twice. No. This is cowboys... Which there still are cowboys for some reason. Remember, Mars is of the wild, wild west, as, as, as is the as moon. As is the moon. Yeah. So they took the, they took the moon ranchers and they said, go, go. So it's cowboys versus aliens. Yeah. Dinosaurs. Dinosaurs, yes. Dinosaurs. Um, so I'm of the Harrison Ford movie. So you're you're wondering, how does this connect to Judge Dredd, Andy? <laughs> how does this connect? How could this possibly connect to Judge Dredd? Yeah. There's one character that connects the whole thing to Judge Dredd. And that is... Um, Devilosaurus Rex. <laughs> uh, Satanus Rex. Flesh Book 1 ran for the first 19 issues of 2080, as well as the 19, uh, 1977 annual, and ending its run that year. So it only had 18 issues? Uh, 19 issues. 19 like. issues. Okay. While Flesh was popular, the series was not mentioned again until 1978, when Satanus. Oh no! Book no, I was right. Book one. Book one's Tyrannosaurus antagonist appeared in the Judge Dredd story of the Cursed Earth. Oh my fucking god! I was lying. I, I have, was joking. I have told you about this character, you Satanus, told about Satanus Rex. Rex. I didn't know he was a multiple <laughs> multiple comic appearing villain. This is literally a villain from Flesh for the first like season, basically. That is what connects Judge Dredd, is a dinosaur. But they hunt dinosaurs in... How did, you, how did the dinosaur get to the future? Okay. How did the dinosaur get to good the future, question, Andy? Good question. Because he's supposed to be doing dinosaur times. Okay. Uh, so that is a good question. It is discussed in the comics that we're going to be reading. The the, the progs we're going to be reading in oh, Cursed Earth. Right. We're going to see Satanus Rex. We're going to run into Satanus Rex. Judge Rico gets one issue. I don't know if it's but Sat Satanus Rex. I mean, he gets a whole... I mean, he has a whole... That's a whole thing. Gets a whole fucking mini series. Um. So yeah, there's uh, there's a lot more about flesh, but uh, there's a why lot dinosaurs? Why go back in time and hunt dinosaurs? There's a lot of meat on dinosaurs. Dino there's a lot of dinosaurs. Meat on lots of big dinosaurs are primarily made of meat. You could say the largest ingredient in dinosaur is meat. Yeah, but there are bigger, easier to kill animals <laughs> if you go back in time. I don't know. Go hunt the bisons to extinction. Oh, we already did that. You're right. Go do it before we do it. <laughs> I don't know if it would affect modern day... Because they all get wiped out at the meteor, right? Meteor wipes them all out. Regardless. Which oh makes a lot of sense. Oh my fucking god, that makes sense. But also, if you kill and eat all the dinosaurs and take them away... We're you're, also, you're affecting the timeline. But you're also taking away all the oil. The fossil... <laughs> you're killing our fossil fuels. Which... 
Oh my god. Yeah. That's probably a plot line. I'm not that's gonna lie. That's probably a plot, a plot line. line I mean, that's pretty smart though. Um, so, PK, this is, as of 2014, the extended universe of Judge Dredd, but we know that Batman and the DC universe is connected because Dredd has met Batman. Batman in certain comics. Yes. Which we're going to find out eventually and learn in about. In many, many years. Many, many years from now. After we read every issue of Judge Dredd. God damn it, if we ever make it that far. So, uh, PK, is there anything you want to bring up about the extended universe, or do you want to know what we have coming up next time i just just give me the next time i okay i, I can't my there's, head's swirling there's a lot going on i know it's it's a lot to think about but I'm just, gonna, i just want to start the curse of the earth andy dude we're gonna be there because so I, even if satanus rex is there i just want to start <laughs> i may be wrong he may not be satanus rex it may just be satanus i think it might be like madonna no you know? it's just gonna be we're gonna call him satanus rex that's fair so Next time on the Dreadful Cyberpunk Cast, we begin the second Judge Dredd case files and the 25-part epic known as The Cursed Earth. Holy shit, this is the longest one we've had by far. How long was the moon? The Ten? moon was... the I, I had it too. The moon was roughly around like Eight, 15, 18 or 15, 15 episodes kind of thing. Uh, so this is the longest one by far. Holy um, shit. Rico gets one issue. <laughs> the 25-part epic known as The Cursed Earth, where Judge Dredd sets out across the ruins of America to deliver the cure for a deadly virus to Mega City 2. Why, if we have access to space travel on a daily basis, does this cure need to be driven across the country? Because I want to do the, uh, the, the Damnation Alley. Who will Judge Dredd choose to travel with him, I wonder? Walter the Wobot. And what are the Devil's Lapdogs? Maybe we'll find out next time on the Dreadful Cyberpunk Cast. My name is Andy. And I'm PK. And this has been a very dreadful recording coming to you from, from the, the Distant, distant present. present.